Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. Welcome to the program here. The phones are open if you want to join us. The number for you is 603-283-6160. There's some pretty big news out there at the moment. And we will talk about that. And if we don't get to your topic that you think is more important, then give us a call. 603-283-6160. It's like, you know, the talk show that does requests, essentially. You can call in and bring up anything you want. Here in the studio tonight, it's Ian. And Matt. And actually, outside of our studio, we also have... Reed Coverdale. Reed, welcome back, sir. Hi, Reed Coverdale. Hey, guys. It's been a while. Thanks. Indeed, I know you've been uh, just barely able to cut your own podcast, but I think you got to a fresh episode recently over there at Naturalist Capitalist Podcast. Is that right? Yeah, finally. I recorded the first episode I've done in like, I think, seven weeks now. Wow. Um, I still haven't put it out. I'm going to put it out when I finally have time this week to get to it. So. All right, cool. Well, glad to have you here to comment on uh, the big news, which, of course, is that Donald Trump has been indicted as of uh, apparently late this afternoon after they kind of did a fake out. I think they said they were going to take a break. The grand jury was supposed to take a break in Manhattan for like a month. And then all of a sudden the indictment came down. And what is uh, the indictment today. for? Well, that's the thing. It's right. uh, the charges have not yet been made. So that part hasn't happened. How long that portion takes to actually occur, I have no idea. Uh, but basically, the grand jury's been presented evidence. They believe it has to do with the whole Stormy Daniels payoff uh, situation. Yeah, right? you know, you don't think that sucks about this really. That the the thing that truly actually sucks about this is that this is going to make people state so hard. What do you mean state so they're gonna, hard? They're going to they're going to vote so hard mm. and they're going to tell all their friends to get out and vote so hard as if that it'll make any difference makes a difference at all it's yeah. just a big circus literally a circus well don't you see uh trump needed the first four years to kind of get his feet wet now if you elect him he's really gonna right. get in and yeah. drain the right. swamp right he's draining the swamp this time you believe that one yeah I, I kind of want him to be president again, though, honestly, at this point. Like, I mean, I know he's not going to fix anything, but it to me, it, it seems like the most chaotic option mm. and definitely the funniest option. <laughs> it is so that's kind of where I am with it. It's, it's certainly the most entertaining. <laughs> that's kind of like the diametric opposite of when I was wanting to vote for Hillary Clinton just to make this oh, God. burn down burn harder and faster. <laughs> what do they call that? The accelerationist? Yeah. The exa- uh, is, that, is there a name for that? OK, that's what I, I think am. it is. Yeah. So, I mean, it's that's the news. I mean, he's been indicted. It is worth noting because apparently that's never happened in the history of the United States before, despite all the crimes and, you know, villainy that the the U.S. presidents have committed over the however many, you know, 200 plus years of the United States. No, nobody has even been given a parking ticket uh, who was a president <laughs> until now. And they are saying that this may just be like a misdemeanor. It it could, I guess, be charged as a felony. So it's not even clear whether it's going to be a misdemeanor or a felony at this point. So it's, you know, wh- whether this is going to bar him from running for office is another, I think, question that's still up in the air. Do you guys know anything about that? No idea. I have no idea. I mean, you can uh, you can lie to the police about assault and still run for office. So I'm not sure that this would stop him. You know, we know a thing or two about that. So I think there was some sort of obscure federal code. And I don't we talked about it one night, you know, a long time ago when they were talking about possibly charging him. I think it was shortly after they raided his uh, Mar-a-Lago last year. 
And there was some kind of federal code that said that if you are a convicted criminal, you can't run for... Uh, Which I think is, what if, what if the laws the are bad and the best way for you to change the laws is to get involved with the system and get elected yeah. and then you're not allowed to change the laws yeah. that, that affected you? I mean, I think some of the people that have gone through the system have been convicted of stuff or are probably, you know, good choices. For, I mean, if you're going to run, if you're going to put somebody into, into office, at least if they know what the uh, the underbelly, the, the horrifying oh, yeah. justice system is Look at is Gerhard. Like. Jason Gerhardt, yeah, phenomenal example. He's in the state house in New Hampshire. And he's at. He right. spent how long was he in the twelve years in twelve years prison. in the can? And what did he do? Uh, hung out with Ed and Elaine Brown. Hung at out house. with hung out with some people who yeah. were verboten and went to prison for twelve years. Yeah. And now he's out and he's an elected uh, critter in the New Hampshire state house. And he's actually a fantastic yeah, he's one really good. when he's really principled guy. Uh, totally as principled as they come. So yeah, obviously that is not a prohibition here in New Hampshire. So not not in New Hampshire, but it shouldn't be on this federal level either. And if they're going to have laws, you got to be able to you know fight them any way you can if you if you've broken them. So why do you think they go after Trump the way they have? Because they 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 definitely. I mean, it's it's pretty hard to deny that there's been a systematic effort to go after this guy, and I don't really understand it all the time. Sure I, I mean, I think I think what it is is that he's kind of a loose spigot. So he lets out information and says things that are somewhat true accidentally sometimes. And it feels to me like that's always what they've been terrified of is like he'd Mm -hmm. accidentally stumble upon a revelation and then say it on the news and everyone like with the, the one that sticks out to me is when he was talking about Syria in 2019 and saying we're staying in Syria to protect the oil, and everyone was mm. like, "No, no, no, that's not why we're in Syria. We're there for you know <laughs> protecting the people from Assad or whatever." And he's, you know, I, I feel like that's why they're so. Terrified you know, I think they the installed system. Trump the first time. I think they put him in the first time just because they thought they'd have somebody who played ball with them, and then he got in there and he was kind of a loose cannon with a big mouth, and it kind of backfired on the powers that be a little bit. And now they can just use them as a as showbiz. This is pure showbiz. Mm-hmm. Well, I know our co-host on Saturday night, uh, Peakless Mountaineer, he believes that Trump is, he's like in the upper echelons of the elite, but he's not in the inner circle, like the types that would normally make it to the presidential level. So somehow through some sort of fluke, he was able to you know, get in. That's, that's kind of his theory. I just don't think there's mistakes like that. I, I, mm-hmm. I, if elections are rigged, I think they're rigged exactly the way they're supposed to be rigged every single but time. But to give some credit to Trump, I mean, he was like the least warmongering president of my my entire life. Oh, it was hilariously good time. I so, mean, the memes alone were worth the, worth the trip. I mean, there has never been in the history of North Korea a president who was willing to actually meet. That was pretty fantastic. The di- dictator yeah. over in North Korea, and Trump seemed to really Plural. be trying to do mm. well. Any of them, yeah. Mm. Uh, no, no president until Trump has been willing to do that, and he really stirred up a lot of controversy in the mainstream media about that because oh, you're not supposed to talk to the axis of evil, right? You're not supposed to yeah, talk yeah. about peace with these people, and I mean, I'm not going to say he's a peacenik, but by comparison to the rest of the presidents. He absolutely has been. I mean, he was the only one who didn't start a new war, and he did draw down the troops in in Afghanistan. And uh, there was the whole peace talks with North Korea. And then I think there was, I don't remember which country it was, but there was some, uh, one of the Middle Eastern countries, there was this big uh, saber rattling that he needed to drop some bombs, and he refused to do it. 
in that case. And I'm sorry, I don't remember all the details on that, but he made a public statement about you know that he he wasn't going to just drop on oh, Iran. Is that what you're talking about? I don't remember about? if it was Maybe. Iran or or Syria or which one it was. Yeah, because right right after he airstrike Soleimani, which he did screw up there. He did uh, like uh, Mike Pompeo and everyone was pushing him to like go further and further and try to go into war with Iran. Mm. And he kind of stepped back from that. That's right. No, 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 no. no. Might have been it then. So, I mean, he deserves a lot of credit for that. And that may be the answer to to Reed's question of, well, why are they going after this guy? Because he's not he wasn't as much of a tool for the military industrial complex. I mean, he didn't end the conflicts in, in many cases. Uh, and he deferred to the generals more often than than he should have. But at the yeah. same time, he didn't ramp up something like Ukraine or any, you know yeah. anything else. So. You know, he's a prolific communicator. He's just a, a profoundly good communicator. And he, he just <laughs> he he's, he's, like he's, a like a stupid, like simplistic way. You know, it's so funny totally. because he's not the guy isn't eloquent at all, mm-hmm. but he's really good at connecting with his audience. I actually just shared this clip on Twitter last night where he's talking about his favorite bible verse i don't know if anyone remembers i saw that. I saw, you, I saw the one you, you shared yeah it's so funny and it's so obvious he's never read the bible and it's <laughs> so, i mean but it doesn't matter you watch it and you just laugh and you're like oh my god this guy's so funny like that's what is amazing about him is he could just like connect with people on that level of being like who cares what his favorite Bible verse is? That was a hilarious answer. You well, know, and he defers. Basically, he's, he's got a couple hosts on a show asking him this question, and he just defers the question away in such a smooth way to where, like, he's it, they ask him what his favorite Bible verse is, and he says that it, that's personal, that he doesn't want to talk about it because it's personal to him. And he just manages to kind of brush off the question like that, and it's just like, yeah, from our perspective, it definitely seems like he doesn't actually have an answer but mm-hmm. his answer is acceptable, right? Like, that's a personal yeah. thing, your relationship with God, right? So why would he want to talk yeah. about that? that Fair was, enough. I thought Easy it was pretty out. smooth. So yeah. that's the story about Trump. Uh, you know, he's going to get charged with something. What is that going to lead to, though, is really the ultimate question. Because, of course, Trump had called for, you know, when he said he was going to get arrested uh, last Tuesday, I think it was, uh, he called for protests. They were putting up uh, barricades in front of the courthouse in Manhattan, in sort of preparation for what might come, which didn't come. Now, will it come? I don't know. It's hard to believe that there would be anybody in Manhattan or enough Trumpers in Manhattan to, you know, put together a serious protest. But but who knows? Uh, so, you know, what is what is the outpouring of support going to look like for Trump this time, given that he basically left his own guys high and dry after January 6th, right? Because he could have supposedly, they could have called something yeah. off as far yeah. as Justice Department. I mean, they could have... They could have cranked it up again after he was out of office. So I don't think he could have protected them uh, forever. I don't think he could just tell the you know the FBI, "Thou shalt never investigate this." But yeah, maybe he could have done something more than nothing, which was ultimately what he did in that case. So the question is, how many of the Trump supporters are going to be riled up enough to go out for round two of you know a, another January sixth right. or something like that, or you know whatever it might look like. Um, I, I do like what uh, Aaron Day has said, the libertarian presidential candidate, or he's a Repu- he's running as a Republican, but he's a free stater who is uh, running for president as a Republican, uh, and he's calling for a bank run. He's saying, "Look, Trump Trumpers, if you are really wanting to, you know, make an impact on the system, going out and waving signs and you know taking an unauthorized tour through the Capitol isn't going to do it. But if right. you want to actually make a difference, then go down to your bank." 
pull out as much money from your bank account as you possibly can, and that is how you make an impact on on this system. Because basically the banks are in a position right now where if there's any kind of fear that starts spreading, if there's any kind of bank run, you're going to see them just coming down. They, I mean, the Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, I mean, that was... It could be the beginning of the end for for them if enough people actually went out and demanded their their deposits. You know, the one thing I've learned in this life is that banking never loses. Banking wants to be. Well, I mean, they're going to get bailed out, of course. Bailed I mean, out. They're going to they're going to resurface as another thing somewhere. Bankers don't lose. Bankers always have. You a know plan what's B. a little different this time though is now Saudi Arabia is making deals with Iran and with China. And now they're explicitly making deals to price oil in other currencies than the dollar, which is huge for anyone who knows, uh, who's listening, uh, who knows about the history of the world reserve currency. The world reserve currency used to be gold. And then after World War II, uh, the dollar became the world reserve currency, but it was still pegged to gold. And then in the 70s, Nixon Nixon got rid of the gold standard and pegged it to oil, basically, through security assurances to Saudi Arabia. We would give them weapons, we'd protect them, whatever, as long as OPEC Mm -hmm. nations always priced oil in dollars. And now that's coming to an end. It is. It um, is. And it can't happen fast enough. And it's interesting you bring that up, Reed, because it was in my show prep here for tonight. Uh, Two big headlines in that area. So one, uh, you got the UAE and China have completed a yuan-settled Liquefied national or natural gas trade, 65,000 tons of the stuff was purchased mm-hmm. not with the dollar, but with the Chinese yuan. This mm. is uh, the China National Offshore Oil Corporation and France's Total Energies have completed China's first yuan settled LNG trade Tuesday, the Shanghai Petroleum and Natural Gas Exchange. Again, 65,000 tons of it. And if you're going to do it once, there's a good chance you're going to do it again mm-hmm. after that. Uh, so, you know, what's that going to mean for the future of the dollar? Well, let's look to Brazil and China, which have now struck a trade deal. This is according to FoxBusiness.com, published yesterday, uh, to ditch the U.S. dollar. China overtook the United States as Brazil's top trading partner in 2009. So they struck a deal saying they're going to be using their own country's currencies instead of the dollar for trade transactions, which makes sense. Why would you want to have to Why trade they? between the, I think it's the real there in uh, Brazil. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to have to trade from the real to the dollar just to make a deal with China when you could just trade with the real or just get China's currency? Because everybody's going to have to convert more than once in, a, in, a, in the case with the dollar. The deal would enable China and Brazil to carry out trade and financial transaction directly, exchanging yuan for reals or vice versa, rather than first converting their currencies. The Brazilian Trade and Investment Promotion Agency said the new arrangement is expected to reduce costs and promote even greater bilateral trade and facilitate investment. And of course, you also have the uh, the whole BRICS organization, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with. It's like Brazil, uh, Russia, China, India, I believe, and then South Africa. So this is like the not-so-Western world organization of countries, big up-and-coming countries with fairly strong economies. And uh, rumor is that Saudi Arabia is now applying for some sort of membership Mm. in that group. 
So what's that mean for the dollar? <laughs> it means us paying the Saudis to conduct their genocide over the last several years wasn't enough to give you know, complete loyalty to the United States, no matter what. I mean, it's so funny. I just remember over the last several years talking to my friends and people who knew a little bit about politics and just asking them, do you really think the Saudis care at all about America, aside from the money and weapons they can get from us? Like they, their culture, their customs, like nothing about totally them different. is yeah. similar to us at all. You know, it's totally just a deal with the devil. Do you remember, I think it was the fall of last year, right before the election, Joe Biden was trying to contact the Saudi prince and yeah. the dude wouldn't return his phone calls. <laughs> I vaguely remember that. <laughs> and now you've got, dude won't return your phone calls. And now you've got them like talking about deals with, with China. Other, yeah. And there's been headlines about, there's, yeah, and there's always headlines about these countries talking about doing things. So it's, it's hard to really report on that as something that that's, you know, oh, it's going to happen. You know, but, what, in, it, I think 2000. Four, 2003 or 2004, I started buying silver for the first time, mm. and I bought a whole bunch the week before Warren Buffett ordered 128,000 ounces, so I was patting myself on the back pretty mm-hmm. hard because I beat Warren Buffett to market on that one by a week. Yeah, And the reason I bought in is because of threats like this about the, the dollar losing. At the time, Iran was going to take, um, I think it was the euro. Hmm in exchange for oil and cut the dollar out of it completely. So I was like, oh, the writing's on the wall. So here we are, 20, 20 years almost later. 20 years later, saying the same exact thing. Do I have any idea what's holding up the U.S. dollar other than laughs? I have no idea. I have no idea. Well, I mean, it's got momentum. You know, it's got... Uh, it's got pizzazz. You know, decades and decades of being the world reserve currency. And I wish I had the chart in front of me right now, but somebody put a chart up that showed... The sort of the breakdown that nation states have when it comes to what do they have in reserve, right? So there was dollars, there's euros, there's uh, the yuan, and it shows the you know the relative levels of each of them over the last I think it was maybe twenty or thirty years, and the share belonging to the dollar has slipped from like the lower seventieth percentile to the upper fiftieth percentile. Mm. So I mean it has in the last couple of decades. These countries have been trading those dollars slowly for other things. And the expanding one on, that was on that chart that really stood out to me was the Chinese yuan. Hmm. So as the you know, as China has become more um, of an economic powerhouse over the last few couple of decades, more. Could you imagine how powerful that country would be if they freed the economy completely? It would be amazing. I mean, that's what that's what allowed them to rise up as they did, because they had somebody in. It was the guy before Xi Jinping, I think. Uh, that actually did allow more economic freedoms for the companies there. And this the companies, yeah, they're, they're having like state, state-sponsored or state capitalism or yeah, something like that. It's, it's not, something weird. But yeah. the the new guy, Xi, Xi Jinping, has been cracking down compared to his, his predecessors. So you know, things aren't free there in any way, shape, or form, but they've had a lot of advances economically. Uh, and so that's that's showing where the nation uh, national central banks are picking up more yuan and they're getting rid of the dollars. So the question is, are they going to start getting rid of more dollars uh, sooner rather than later? And that's you know what remains to be seen. So if you want to comment, uh, you can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. Let's go to Tim. He's in Florida. Tim, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey, how's it going? What's um, on your mind? 
Well, I've been downloading <clears throat> I've been downloading the season one archives and listening to those. And um, oh God, wow! It's it's a pretty wrong. great. It's it's a riot, man. It's a riot. Listening to this call from uh, I guess you had some chick Athena on the phone, and and she was talking to the ghost of Elvis. Man, this is longer than I can recall ago, man. You're talking about 20 years ago, free talk live shows. That's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, what did you want to talk about tonight? Yeah, man. Well, so so I, I need to write you that letter. <clears throat> and I just wanted to say, excuse me. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. It's okay. Um, I've been listening to you, uh, I would say, for at least 12 or 13 years. I used to go to a web hosting support job in the middle of the night, one of these you know, four days, uh, 10 nights a week, whatever. Um, and I would listen to you all night. And uh, anyway, I don't really remember when I first heard you. I'm sure it was before that. And it's funny because um, to write a letter in, you know, I I know what you've meant to me and I guess I can write it down, but it's, it's very difficult because I, you say, you say, don't, um, you know, don't attack the prosecution or the jury, you know, or the judge. And it's, it's really, it's really hard because Mm -hmm. it's like, man, yeah, I don't, I never knew this guy personally. He had, he had a great impact on my life, but, but man, none of that should even matter. Well, uh, I get the frustration that you might be having there. Of course, you're referring to writing uh, to the judge in the crypto six case regarding my sentencing, which has been pushed back to June 29th. So if there's anybody out there that has been meaning to to write a letter, then you can do that. Uh, and just, you know, really all you have to do is just tell a little bit about yourself, whatever your history is, and then whatever kind of positive impact you uh, believe I've had either in your life or on the, the community in general. And that's that's usually sufficient. So you, you can just stay away from uh, opinions about how awful the justice system is, because that's probably not going to persuade anybody. But it sounds like you, you know, you could. It sounds like you could, you know, put your mind to this and, and get this done, Tim. I appreciate it. The uh, sentiment is very much well understood on this end, though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> Don't worry I, yourself I too much about it, man. I do, I do appreciate uh, the kind words in yep. advance. And you can go to letters.freetalklive.com and you can learn more about how you can write uh, there and. He's a good egg, that Ted. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. And also, uh, Reed wrote a letter recently, so I definitely appreciate that, dude. Uh, we got more coming up here, and if you want to comment on the end of the dollar hegemony, would love to hear what you think. It's 603-283-6160. It is Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact i believe like i said uh, a lot of where i am now is due to listening to free talk live you changed my mind on some very important issues years ago to random people tuning in on the radio i was kind of stuck in the left right paradigm i heard your show by chance on a saturday night from there i went on joined the free state project and become an amplifier so i mean that's really the reason why i amp is uh because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com.
It is Free Talk Live. You can join the show here and bring up anything you want. The number is 603-283-6160. Donald Trump has been indicted. The charges have yet to be announced in that case. Some are saying it could end up being a felony. I've seen elsewhere that it just might be a misdemeanor. So who knows? I wonder Those, if they know. Uh, that's a good question. Maybe I, they just came out and said, sure, we'll indict him. Indict him. I think the prosecutors have an intention, right? Like they they bring evidence to the grand jury, the grand jury reviews it, and then they, they do whatever the prosecutor wants, which is, of course, hand down an indictment. Uh, so I presume that that's already been decided. The question is, how long is it going to take to write it up and print it out and, and then have Trump turn himself in? So that's uh, likely coming soon. We'll certainly keep you in the, uh, the loop as that develops. Uh, here tonight, it's Ian, Matt, and Reed Coverdale is here with us from Naturalist Capitalist, which you can find his show over on YouTube and Odyssey. So be sure you look for him there. But we go to the phones and to your calls and thoughts. Jay Noon is on the line. Normally hey, he'd be Jay. here tonight, but had some car trouble. Welcome, Jay. What's on your mind? Well, uh, I wanted to uh, let everyone know that um, I'm going to try to do man camp again at pork fest. Nice. I don't want to promise fork fest yet because I'm not sure if Matt and Nikki want a bunch of anvil banging happening during their wedding. <laughs> if you could keep it down just for the, like the half an hour there, <laughs> but, but I'm going to be attending the wedding. So I wasn't interested really in having to work. All oh, right. Okay. That's fine. Everybody should go. You should do it. So, uh, what I'm trying to do to make, man camp happen, which is on, uh, which would be basically would be doing some old school blacksmithing and making some projects. And, you know, I've had ki- six year olds, uh, do real good, uh, forging up some coat hooks and squirrel cooker, for example, and a few different projects we can make. And so I put together, uh, I'm putting together right uh, right now, a, a fundraiser. If you go to my website, jnoon.com uh the uh uh there's some details there about it and there's some uh cryptocurrency qr codes there uh where you can donate and my i'm trying to raise five thousand dollars by june 1st to put on man camp now the last couple years i've been just cooking meat Mm -hmm. from pigs and cows you know that i've raised and serving that and uh the guys from autonomy unlimited are pretty much going to buy all my hamburger because nice. they like cooking burgers and um and i want to uh i i and, and, I, and there's a lot of interest and a lot of people have been asking me about if man camp is going to happen again and the last time i did it i spent like twenty five hundred dollars putting it all together getting all the stuff getting all the materials getting the safety equipment mm-hmm. and got like twelve hundred dollars in donations <laughs> and actually it was more than twenty five hundred dollars because other people like Derek Slopey and Ernie Hancock um uh kicked in several hundred bucks and bought some safety equipment. Um <clears throat> so uh you can to donate you can go to jnoon.com. The website's very bare right now. It's just you know uh got some you know detail some some stuff up there it's spelled j-a-y-n-o-o-n-e jnoon.com and you got multiple yes. crypto donations just real real quick i mean pitch what man camp is for people who have never seen it so man camp is essentially my idea to build confidence in mankind and 
my my target is young kids. Six years old is 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 about as young as uh, we you know that can participate. Um, and by just a kid forging you know iron himself, uh, it gives him great confidence. And then like when they go to school or they're hanging out with their friends, they want to show them the tool they made or the hook they made or whatever you know uh, they make. And they're very proud of it, and and it and it it's a very good just general confidence builder. Um, and I believe that we need our next generation of of, of men and, and women um, need to be confident because confident people don't ask government, you know, don't beg government to take care of them. They don't beg government to take from other people to take care of them. Confident people just take care of themselves and their own. So. We have a tremendous lack of confidence in uh, today's culture. Uh, that's why there's so many people demanding government. Um, and and then, of course, you have the psychopaths that demand government. And, you know, maybe we can give them some, con- you know, maybe really less psychopaths if, you know, they did a little uh, man camping as a kid. Uh, yeah, I, I think it, you make but, a great point here, Jay. And the, the government system, of course, wants to strip away confidence from young people they want people to be afraid they want them to be anxious they want them to be depressed and of course we hear about that from young people all Mm -hmm. the time these days oh i'm anxious i'm depressed it's like it's like a i never heard that when i was growing up nope but these days you hear it all the time here's some mental drugs they right and then they want to dope you up exactly and so you're talking about uh inculcating the youth of any age i think you said you can take them up through teenage years or whatever uh, to actually have some self confidence, and obviously it's going to be it's going to take more than just one class at a at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, but it's it's a start, right? Well, it's a good introduction. You know, there's a you know so many kids at Pork Fest now. There, mm-hmm. You know, there was the last couple of years, and the thing is, is <clears throat> a lot of those kids will really never get a chance to actually like pound some iron on an anvil that's you know cherry red that you, they just took out of a coal forge you know, like their ancestors have been doing for literally thousands of years, you know, ever since the Iron Age. Um, and uh, uh, so, or hundreds of years, maybe I could be wrong on that number. But, uh, you know, man camp is my idea to rebuild confidence in mankind. And I can tell you, I have worked with a bunch of 20-something-year-olds um, that uh, just doing, you know, Manly things, farming, you know, running chainsaws, running equipment, uh, forging, blacksmithing, welding, you know, uh, getting burnt a little bit, getting dirty, getting greasy. And, uh, you know, it's, it's manned them up and gave them a lot of confidence in life. I, you know, you guys know some of these guys also, I'm not going to say any names, but, uh, we, we've had some good results, uh, with, uh, people of all ages and, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, it's expensive. You know, there's a lot of equipment involved. There's a lot of time involved. I I, I want to hire some some uh, professional blacksmiths, basically. Hmm. Which you know, two of them, two guys are my brothers. That'll be at one of them will be at Pork Fest all week, but the other one's only going to be there for a few days. And um, and and uh, you know, it looks like it's you know five grand's like the number to kind of make it happen. And even that's kind of cutting it slim. But hopefully, we'll get some donations there and you know whatnot. Very but cool. uh, I, man, man camps had awesome reviews from kids in the family, and uh, the you know the parents are like, "Oh, my son is just so proud of of his hook, his coat hook that he made. He doesn't even want to put it on the wall. He wants to just bring it bring it to um, school and show it to his friends." Is like, oh, you know, some of the moms tell me. 
So, Reed, what do you think about this? Uh, you, you've got a pretty manly profession that you're out there doing. I mean, when uh, everybody else is hiding inside due to uh, winter storms, you're out putting up power uh, utility poles and running heavy equipment. I mean, do you, are you seeing this? In, you're fairly young compared to the rest of the hosts here. I think you're still in your late 20s. Are you seeing this with the millennial generation? Are you know are people losing their uh, their man manliness, essentially? You seeing that? Oh, sorry, man. Go ahead. I got you now. Oh, you're still muted. I don't know if that's me or if that's you. Can you hear me now? Got you now. Sorry, Go that ahead. Was my fault. Uh, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and he's absolutely right about everything he's talking about here. Um, I think that we've seen kind of an assault on manliness from the media over the last, I don't know how long it's been, a while. And a lot of people think that's a conspiracy or that's ridiculous. Why would they want to do it? And I think it's for the reason he was just pointing out that if you don't have strong men who are capable and confident and able to take care of themselves and take care of their family or whatever, then you do have people becoming more reliant on the state. Um, And it's not just, you know, it's not just the independence from the state, but the the confidence also, um, you know, it's um, when, when you're weak and when you're feeble and you, you can't really do anything. It's kind of contagious and, you know, everybody becomes that way. If you have strong, independent minded people, they start to form something like the free state project. You know, you'll mm-hmm. have people coalescing around an idea. So I think this is great. I, I, I love this idea personally. Yeah. And, you know, I, I have visited a few years ago, Japan, which we've talked about recently on the show that has been basically not having births. I mean, there's people that are, I mean, obviously it still happens, but they're, the number of people that are being born in Japan is not enough to replace the generation of elderly folks hmm. uh, that is on the way out. So they've got a serious problem going on there where young people are just not having relationships. They are staying very, you know, they're staying single. They're staying very solitary and when I was there, I sat outside of a uh, convenience store where you can basically you can drink all day and it's no no problem. And I just sat there and I watched uh, the kind of the, the people pass by, just doing some people watching. And most of the men are very very effeminate there. It's very rare to see like a roughneck looking mm-hmm. character uh, go by. And I think that also you know maybe we're not seeing it here in the United States quite yet. But if you you know if you feminize men enough, then they're not going to be very attractive to women, and yeah. you're going to likely see fewer people having kids. We are seeing the statistics before even before COVID. Uh, the statistics showed that teenagers in the United States are less likely to even hang out with one another. They're not as likely to go out on dates. They're not having sexual relations as much as they did, you know, when when we were growing up or whatever. And so it's starting to happen here, I think, to some extent as well. And this could all be coming from uh, stripping away responsibility and and you know stripping away confidence from people jay uh once again your website is jnoon.com any other comments you want to share on this yeah so uh japan is definitely having a serious soy boy epidemic that's the way to put it seeing we are seeing now um i talk a little bit about this in my um in, in in one of my lectures that's part of uh um investing in our posterity which is a series of lectures i'm building and so I believe a lot of this has to do with the, the, the fact that the, um, 
men, the boys in Japan, first off, are not interested in real-life women, is what uh, was relayed to me. Um, and, I've done, and I've actually talked with some, uh, some folks that are, uh, lived in Japan for a long time, or, or, you know, our Japanese heritage, uh, about this a little bit. And, uh, and, you know, Japan really had the first high-speed Internet in the world. And so kids, young boys, 30, 40 years ago were accessing porno on high-speed Internet. And the, uh, a lot of that has sort of with, with, the, um, with the, 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 the development of the boy's brain as he's entering puberty and being interested in women and then getting bombarded with his deluge of constant, high-streaming, very high-quality porno, which seems to work really good everywhere from what I can tell you know, um, because they want it to work good. Uh, it rewires their brains to literally be attracted to what the computer mm-hmm. is um, or what the Internet is producing uh, for for uh, sexual content, and they have no interest in the women. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twenty years ago, I had friends that were in the Air Force, and they were stationed in Japan, and they were like, they got lucky very, very easy because um, – the, the Japanese women know that American men, you know, basically uh, are interested in women, especially Japanese women, uh, is, is, is what I was told by my friends who were in the Air Force over mm-hmm. there. So uh, it, it's an epidemic that is – and I think we are seeing it here in America now, especially with the rural centers. I believe a whole bunch of, um, you know, the kids that have grown up with high-speed Internet, uh, you know, the past uh, – they're, like, old enough to vote now or even – you know, a couple years older or younger, they're, I believe they're essentially algorithmic slaves because their brains have been programmed by, by the Internet devices from a young age. And, and it happened in Japan first, and now this is why one big element um, of uh, the uh, population decline in Japan. Jay, thanks for uh, weighing in here tonight. Appreciate hearing from you, and I'm sure we'll get you back here next week. I know your car, you know, you're having some car trouble tonight. That's Jay Noon. If you want to back up uh, Man Camp 2023 at the Porcupine Freedom Festival, J-A-Y-N-O-O-N-E.com. And thanks for the call tonight, man. I haven't heard yet whether uh, this particular Porcupine Freedom Festival has sold out. It has sold out for the last two years in a row which is the first time that that's ever happened for this festival. It's the biggest Liberty camping event that's out there. There's other ones across the country, but nothing com- comes close uh, to the size and the importance and the, the long-running fact. This is going to be year number 20, by the way. For You know, I found oh. out uh, this past week that Nikki and I have to leave a few days early this year. Oh, that's too bad. We've I've stayed for every pork fest all the way through since I've been going. Well, at least you're going to be able to attend. I have no idea if the government's going to let me attend this one. Well, so. we need you there for pork fest because somebody's got to administer our wedding vows. Administer uh, our wedding ceremony. I thought Aria was going to do that. Well, we'd like uh, all of our churches to be in okay. attendance. All right. Well, that's cool. I appreciate I appreciate that. We we may be able to use that one with the judge because I've got to get special permission basically to uh, to go this year. So yeah, we'll, we'll I'd see. like, I'd like the uh, church of the invisible hand and the nice. satanic reform church and the, uh, sharp church. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you for the, uh, we need our, we need our invite. clergy. All right, good. Uh, but yeah, check out the porcupine freedom festival fork fest. Also, both of them are happening this year. Fork fest is happening prior to the porcupine freedom festival. So you can go to ForkFest.party. I believe it's the 15th through the 18th, if I'm recalling correctly off the top of my head. And then the 19th begins the porcupine freedom festival, Fork Fest is a fork of the Porcupine Freedom Festival. There's no attendance fee, you're, no tickets required. You just have to get your campsite 
or your motel room or your RV site from Rogers Campground for those days. For the Porcupine Freedom Festival, not only do you need to get the campsite and all that, but you also need to get the tickets from the Free State Project. And I haven't heard they've sold out, so I think you can still go and do that. It's going to be a great event, I'm sure. Uh, it's always a good event. And year number 20, it's, it's a big one. So let's continue here. The number is 603-283-6160. We'll go to Ricky. He's in Pennsylvania. You're on Free Talk Live, Ricky. Thank you there, Brother Ian, yes, Brother sir. Matt, and Brother Reed. Good evening. What's on your mind? Well, yes, Donald Trump has been indicted by D.A. Alvin Bragg out of Manhattan, according to the New York Times, and they do say it's a felony. And I can see how simple that is. It goes like this. It's real simple. Right before the November election, uh, Trump told Michael Cohen, his fixer and attorney, to pay $130,000 of Stormy Daniels, which he did out of his own personal money, Michael Cohen. Then what happened after that is Trump said, put it down as campaign finance. Now, Michael Cohen has the checks that came from Trump that paid him back the money. And it says on there, the Trump organization. Now, here's how it becomes a felony, because one thing you can't do, at least legally anyways, one, this is called a lie. But two, more importantly, at least legally anyways, you can't do a campaign donation of $130,000. So that's how they're well, going to achieve the felony. When you say campaign donation, you're saying the idea would be his own attorney was making the $130,000 donation? Well, the idea of the campaign finance falsehood is so it didn't even exist with Michael Cohen. You know what I mean? That was the idea, you know? No, I don't know what you mean. I'm well, that's why they put this. it down as campaign finance, because they didn't want the whole Stormy Daniels thing even to exist. But we're not talking about donations here. We're talking about Trump paying his own lawyer. You're saying, you're saying his lawyer paid Stormy Daniels, and then, Trump's campaign paid, and then Trump's campaign paid the lawyer back. Actually, Trump himself paid him back with his own checks and said the Trump organization on it. Okay. So well, that, that doesn't have anything to do with a donation. I mean, you can, if you are the candidate, you can give as much money to your own campaign as you want to, as I understand that. I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but that's, yeah, but, that's but my understanding. But the problem was it wasn't actually listed as that. It was as, as a regular donation. It wasn't from Donald Trump giving to his own campaign. Okay. That's the problem. Why would that's that be escalate. something they would charge him for in New York? Wouldn't that be a federal well, level charge? You know, well, well, what happens is because it was a campaign finance thing, uh, New York can use uh, the the elections people, whoever they are, the ones that govern the finance and that stuff. They can do it in any state, you know, so that can be escalated to a felony. So obviously Bragg has that and the grand, and the grand jury agrees or he wouldn't be doing it. Well, grand juries you know? will, will agree with anything that a prosecutor says. I mean, they're basically rubber stamp uh people they don't ever almost never say no to whatever yeah, the well, charges just are. Like, well just like these other cases i mentioned the one that jack smith has of mar-a-lago the one in georgia the facts just don't look good for trump they really don't and neither does this one you right. know now he's gonna probably maintain his innocence he's doing the encouraging protesting all that crap but here's one thing i will say you know, I believe it was Reed said, you know, why are they doing it to this guy? Mm -hmm. Well, one, because, A, these things really, they're crimes and they don't look good for him. But more importantly, they're looking to set a precedent. 
If you're president, don't do this stuff. Plain and simple. I don't see what the crime is. I mean, just paying somebody to stay quiet. I don't really see what the crime is. That that in itself is not a crime. Mm -hmm. But what is a crime is putting it down as campaign finance as a donation, which it definitely wasn't. I guess we'll see. Thank you, Ricky, for the call tonight. Uh, Appreciate your thoughts on it. My opinion is Donald Trump shouldn't have denied this. He should have just completely owned it. I mean, it would have been so on brand for him to be like, yeah, of course, course I think Stormy Daniels. (laughs) You know, I I don't really get the aversion, but. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if this actually ends up going to trial, Um, you know, because, of course, most people take a plea deal. Will Donald Trump take one? If not, then, you know, what are the odds somebody's going to get on that jury who's a Trump fan? I mean, it is Manhattan. Manhattan. So maybe they'll be able to avoid that. But if he's got one guy on that jury then that's all it takes to uh, to sink that, you know, at least that particular attempt at that case and get a hung jury. Let's go to the phones here. Uh, James Hathaway, or sorry, uh, David, I believe, Hathaway is uh, is on the line with us. Uh, Sheriff uh, Hathaway from Arizona, is that who this is? Yeah, yeah. Good, good evening, guys, and hi to Reed. I met him at the Freedom Fest in Vegas last year. Excellent. Uh, yeah, the uh, reason I was calling tonight was, uh, to talk about the odyssey that resulted in me successfully getting out of our federally funded drug task force that was in place. I've I've been the sheriff for two years, and you'd think it'd be something I could just pull the plug on right away, but mm. and there's employees involved where the sheriff's office lends employees to the federal government. There's intergovernmental agreements. These employees have career status. If you just fire them and eliminate their positions, then you get you get uh, sued. So I, it was kind of an arduous process. That was one of my goals is to end any involvement in a drug task force. Um, so, so what it involved is waiting until I had uh, open slots in the sheriff's office where I could absorb those employees. It was a, a detective who was functioning as a drug task force officer, an intelligence analyst, and an evidence custodian three positions that were being paid under a federal grant to report from my office to Homeland Security. It used to be called ICE, now it's called HSI, Homeland Security Investigations, where they had a supervisor taking them out of out of out from under the control of the sheriff's office. What I, I didn't know what they were doing. Wow. Oh hush hush, oh. need to know. Um, and so what I did was when the when I had open positions in the office where I could absorb these people back into the regular sheriff's office without um, getting sued for just eliminating positions because these people were That was going to be my question. Was it like a police union thing that you couldn't just fire these guys? Well, once they're on probation, they're on probation for one year. They're technically our employees, but the salary was paid by the federal government with Mm -hmm. all the strings attached to that. So I had to wait until I had open positions where I could absorb them back into the sheriff's office. And Mm -hmm. then when the contract came I was able to do that recently, and when the contract came due to be renewed, I just told them this is not going to be renewed, and so the uh, the, the involvement completely went away. Where we're not wow. involved in any way to go. Drug Congratulations, that's, yeah, that's huge. huge. Has that ever yeah. happened before? But, Has any other sheriffs in the U.S. that you know of you uh, know, done that? Not that I know. I mean, nobody really had the incentive to get out of the drug war because there's all these things are a cash cow. Free money. There's, there's all kinds of incentives to do DUI enforcement programs that are grant funded. Well, there's right. Don't the uh, isn't one of those incentives 80 percent of any uh, seizure assets go to the local force that seized it? Yeah, that, that's part, part of civil asset yeah. forfeiture. All federal agencies 
participate in this. When I was a supervisor in DEA, we did the same thing where a local agency could bring in, say, $100,000, and then the feds keep 20% for a processing fee and give 80% back to the the local agency. So that's a huge incentive. Uh, David, if you want to hang on and tell us more, you're welcome to. Uh, Great news. Congratulations on that. Reed, I know you've got a scram. Thanks for sticking with us here tonight. Check him out over at Naturalist Capitalist. That is his podcast. Thanks, Reed. Good to talk to you. Yes, sir. Uh, we got hour number two on the way. You can join us here as well. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live, and you can join the show here. You can bring up anything that you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Joining you here tonight, it's Ian. And Matt. Uh, Big news, of course, is that Donald Trump's indictment has been handed down. It ended up coming a week later. Uh, then he said it was going to. It, uh, it's two, what, oh, actually a little more than a week. It's Wednesday. It's Thursday. God, I don't even know what day it is. Uh, so a couple, you know, a week and two days after what he was expecting, uh, Trump had called for protests to erupt. Maybe those will now, but we will see about that. Of course, protests won't do anything. They're not going to get the Manhattan DA to drop the charges, no matter how many people. Uh, come out with signs or whatever, and if it's Manhattan, I don't expect to see very many. Uh, there's like images have come out over the last week of like two people standing in front of Trump Tower <laughs> with pro-Trump uh, flags and signs and things like that. So, not a big level of support <laughs> there in uh, in Manhattan for Donald Trump. But according to the hyphen dot com, they are expecting that Trump will be flying out to New York next week. Uh, they say that his lawyers have already reached an agreement with New York state attorneys uh, to make this happen. And of course, Trump has, you know, he's he's an ex-president, right? He's got uh, Secret Service agents. So, you know, they're going to make sure that he gets to where he needs to go to do whatever law-related stuff needs to be done. I mean, the odds that he's going to not go through with this or this processing or whatever is near to zero. He's going to he's going to do it. He's going to, I presume, plead not guilty and go to trial, which could be very, very entertaining, especially since it's not a federal case, which means that cameras will be allowed in the courtroom. Oh, yeah. So, oh, man, Mr. Showbiz is going to love gonna that. He's going to put on a hell of a show Whoa. if this thing goes to trial. That's pretty epic. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be funny. Yeah, especially if it all wraps up before uh, the election, of course. And, you know, we've still got a whole year and a half and change before 2024 election comes into play. So it's very well possible that this could be done before the election happens, uh, whether the political system will want that to be the case, because they'll certainly put it off. if That's what they want to do. Like if they feel like it's going to benefit them to put off the case till after the election, they'll continue it as, uh, as needed. Of course, Trump can demand a speedy trial as well. You know, he, he does have the, the ability. I don't know what that looks like in New York, but Generally, if you want to, um, and I'm not a lawyer, I can't give legal advice, but my understanding of the situation is that if you want to preserve your right to a speedy trial, you do have to say so. You can't just, you know, sit back and let things happen at whatever speed they happen. You have to file a motion that says, you know, I want my speedy trial. I want it in six months or less, you know, and then 
they really sh- they really can't delay as much as they would otherwise do if you're saying you want to move move quicker than normal so this this is going to be definitely an interesting one to watch well how many pages of uh discovery are there for this is this one of those there's like nine million pages of discovery because that's how they delay your speedy trial because who wants to have discovery you know as a, as a defendant yeah. not going through the evidence yeah that's hard to say and especially if they end up bringing uh subsequent charges so like they did with the crypto six case which mm-hmm. that's a federal case uh but you know but some number of months down the line when i was not taking the plea deal they said well, well here's another dozen charges uh to come at you and that could happen here as well there could be more charges to come the mainstream media reporting here says there are still three other separate criminal investigations that apparently are known so you don't know how many investigations there are usually they don't tell you when they're investigating you uh, but apparently there's at least three more that uh, that he knows about and I believe there's at least one of them is federal. But if you want to comment, feel free to join the show. The number is 603-283-6160. I checked Trump's Truth Social account. I don't, I don't actually have Truth Social, but I've got I follow a Twitter account that purportedly, you know, automatically reposts his Truth Social uh, stuff because I can't join other social media without government permission. Not that I'd really want to join Truth Social anyway. Hard eye roll anyway. But uh, this is true. Truth, sorry, Trump Truth Post is the username on Twitter, and it doesn't look like he's posted in two days, which is unusual for hmm. Trump. So a little quiet. Either this account is broken, or Trump is is shut up for the last two days, which doesn't seem likely. So I don't know what's actually going on. But you would expect that he'd already be posting about this. Maybe he's listening to his attorney and is is keeping mum uh at the moment but that just doesn't seem to be his character so if you're all if you're following him on truth social if you're actually on the site and you want to let us know if he is actually responding to this again maybe the the account's disconnected from his uh from his post feel free to give us a call the number is 603-283-6160 unfortunately we lost uh sheriff david hathaway he was on the line there and it sounded like he wanted to, to continue but uh just a recap for those that may be just tuning in the sheriff of a southern Arizona county that is a border t- uh, border county, Santa Cruz County, uh, Sheriff David Hathaway, who calls this show from time to time, he announced tonight that he may be the first sheriff in the country to tell the feds to take their drug task force and to get the F out. That's amazing. Of his county. That's really amazing. You said he wrote a book, too. He did. Uh, it is about immigration, and I'm sorry I don't have the title of it in front of me, but it's you look up David Hathaway immigration book. I'm sure it'll come up. I have it upstairs if you, if you want to borrow it. I'll probably but. just buy a copy. You got to support a person like that. Like yeah. that, you know, I, I I'm so torn. I'm finding myself supporting a cop right now, and I don't know how to feel about <laughs> it. Like what's what's going on in my head? I, I don't know how to deal with this. Yeah, high he's five, a real deal. Man. High five to the guy, 100. percent Though, holy cow, yeah, got to get behind that. He called in here. He was an advertiser of ours a decade ago, and he was just you know David Hathaway, the ex DEA guy who wrote a book on immigration, who's a libertarian. A DEA libertarian. And, yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. I bet. I bet he's got a really interesting story. I, to tell got, I would love to too. see that career arc. I so, got Let's go to the phones here, though. Uh, you can check out more about him. Just look up Sheriff David Hathaway in Santa Cruz County in Arizona. Uh, but caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What is your name? Uh, I'm Phil, and I live in Austin, Texas. Hey, Phil, what's on your mind tonight? Well, um, I'm listening to your comments that Trump has not responded to this indictment, and not. Fox, I mean, Fox News is reporting that he issued a great long multi-paragraph statement. Oh, really? Okay. Is his want? Yeah. And then uh, the other thing is, I don't know if you're aware of it or not, but uh, Ron DeSantis 
just announced that he will not participate in the extradition of Trump to New York. Well, I mean, that's just he, he won't allow political it. posturing. I mean, Trump's going to go on his own volition. He may. Yeah. But, you know, Trump is unpredictable when it comes to uh, uh, political combat. And it wouldn't surprise me a bit if he if he fought every every aspect of this ridiculous, you know, thing. So, well, I mean, that I would that surprise is. me because he's going to want to present himself as a law abiding person. And that would mean that his Secret Service is going to escort him over to the Manhattan D.A.'s office or the police department or wherever it is the processing is going to go on he'll be processed he'll be bailed out and then he'll fly back to florida that'll that'll likely be all that uh, that happens there but you know desantis is trying to score political points on this and you know that's just how they do things right well he's scoring political points but he's also uh, supporting trump which i admire him for yeah they might be we don't know we he might be a political adversary with Trump, but right now he's supporting the man, which which I totally respect. All right, fair enough. Yeah, Anything so. else you want to share tonight? I think I'm done. That's all, right. all I got. Thanks for the call. I do appreciate it. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. I just don't have any respect whatsoever for this DeSantis character. I understand that there's a lot of people that are falling for his you know, little game that he's uh, that he's been playing for the he last couple people. of years. He has, he has, but everybody forgets the fact that DeSantis locked down the state of Florida, yep. locked down the beaches, put all kinds of restrictions in place in Florida, and not for two weeks, but for months in uh, in Florida. Somebody called in to correct us this weekend. Uh, Peakless Mountaineer thought it was just a two week lockdown, and it was like, like, no, dude from Florida called and said this was six months before DeSantis finally realized. That it would help him politically if he changged his tune. It's all about, about what'll help them politically. Yeah, that's it. the mark of an average politician. You know, he's just a politician, the guy. Well, I would say he's a better than average politician, right? Like he's, uh, I'll give him that much. Yeah, I mean, a, the dude's a, he's a snake. He's, he's, he's the, the least smelly turd is still a smelly well, turd. Well, he's terrible. I mean, I think he's, he's a, he's a neoconservative. Yep. He's a warmonger. He's a police statist all, all the way. Yep. I mean, this guy is a terrible human being, but yet there's people who should know better in our movement. I know. Who seem but they're to be, lapping it up. Right. They, they're following this guy's siren song. And it's like, can't you see clearly how much of a snake this guy truly is? Absolute I mean, snake. He'll say whatever it takes, which is typical of politicians. He'll say whatever it takes to get elected. But for whatever reason, this guy is better at it than than a lot of these guys like it's a smooth it's a smooth move you got to hand it to him making it look like he's you know willing to help out trump when all that is doing is just helping out Ron i DeSantis. think people like the whole cowboy against the woke mob thing mm-hmm. you know people like people are really really so he's fed up with the, woke, with the woke stuff and he comes out against it oh he's a hero mm-hmm. he's not he's a dirtbag he's playing you stop buying it yeah, I mean, this guy is a law enforcement supporter all oh, the way. Oh, yeah, big time. That so to act like saying. he wants to stand in the way of this process, uh, he knows Trump's going to turn himself in. So he knows that this yeah. isn't. He's never going to get called on this one. He's just talking from you know the podium in this particular case because the odds that Trump is going to go the route of saying I'm not going back to New York. <laughs> yeah, he, he just bought easy political capital. I mean, it was. Yeah. 
That's was, all it is. It would have been dumb for him not to say that. Like he stands absolutely nothing to lose by saying that. Yep, exactly. Uh, let's go to the phones here. Uh, we got Chuck in Washington. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Chuck. Yeah, you know the Desantes, Desantimonious. I don't really think that uh, he at, at this point. I don't think that America will tolerate him at all I, I, in general. Now, I think that some of the points that you brought up as far as his support for a police state type of a thing. Mm-hmm. If if the situation deteriorates in key areas, I think that he does have a chance where he can say, I am, you know, this person that can say Trump's already had his chance, you know, um, blah, blah, blah. So I think that uh, he shouldn't be underestimated, even though he, he doesn't appear to be uh, fit to take the job at this point. Well, I don't see why he isn't fit to take the job. He's as much of a scum sucking politician as like every other one. Yeah, as anybody else. So <laughs> he's like, perfect. Whatever. Uh, he just hung up the phone. By the way, uh, punched out there. The number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. But I do appreciate the call, uh, letting us know that Trump did react. So you know, wherever that statement was sent, it wasn't. At least I don't see it on the that one Twitter account. So again, maybe uh, maybe there's a technical issue there. Because I do like to see what old Trump has to say. You know, it is it is entertaining. And they didn't post his entire statement here, so I don't know, you know, how lengthy it is. But here's uh, some of what Trump had to say, according to FoxNews.com. Uh, he reacted to the indictment slamming District Attorney Alvin Bragg for his obsession with trying to get Trump while warning the move will charge him with... Sorry, the warning to the move to charge him will backfire the former president and what they claim leading 2024 Republican presidential candidate was indicted today after a years-long investigation by the Manhattan attorney's office. Trump said in the statement, quote, this is political persecution. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's definitely political persecution. That's fair. And election interference at the highest level in history. He said, from the time I came down the golden escalator at Trump Tower, and even before I was sworn in as your president of the United States, the radical left Democrats, the enemy of the hardworking men and women of this country, have been engaged in a witch hunt to destroy the Make America Great Again movement. And uh, he goes on saying, you remember it just like I do. Russia, 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 the Miller hoax, Ukraine, 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 impeachment hoax one, impeachment hoax two, the illegal and unconstitutional Mar-a-Lago raid. And now this, he said, referring to investigations that clouded his presidency, saying further, quote, the Democrats have lied, cheated and stolen in their obsession with trying to get Trump. But now they've done the unthinkable, indicting a completely innocent person in an act of blatant election interference. Never before in our nation's history has this been done. And he's right about that. Uh, This is a first for sure uh, to see a former president or even a sitting president uh, receiving any kind of an indictment or whatever that just it hasn't ever happened. Uh, Is this going to break open the floodgates and uh, result in future presidents facing charges? Or is Trump a one-off? Is he going to be the only one uh, that ever faces these charges? Is this going to result, for instance, in, let's say things change out to where the next administration is Republican, whether it's Trump or not, but, you know, it's a Republican administration. Are they going to feel like they can go ahead and charge Joe Biden now that uh, the this tradition of not charging presidents ever has finally been broken. I mean, I'd be happy to see that happen. I, I, I think we ought to just throw them all in an arena with rusty chainsaws and have them go at it. And- <laughs> 
Wouldn't that be nice? I'd pay for it. They can't get out unless they, you know, last man standing. Trump said Democrats, quote, have cheated countless times over the decades, including spying on my campaign, but weaponizing our justice system to punish a political opponent who just so happens to be a president of the United States and by far the leading Republican candidate for president has never happened before ever. Well, maybe it has never happened to a president, a former president, but it certainly happens to political people all the time. If you have a political opinion that is controversial and you're too effective at spreading that opinion then there's a chance that they're going to come after you. There's plenty of people who are sitting in behind bars right now uh, who are there for political reasons. Ross Ulbricht comes I was to say mind. Ross Ulbricht just celebrated his 10th year in prison. Celebrate is one way to put it, mm-hmm. uh, but they did acknowledge it, I guess. Uh, and what is he, just turning 40 now or yeah. something like that? I think he's 39. 39. Uh, Ross Ulbricht, for those, those that don't know, you can go to freeross.org. He's the man that is spending the rest of his life in prison with two life sentences plus 40 years for running a website. And that is a political persecution because the website was the Silk Road. It was an underground marketplace that allowed people to sell and buy drugs that may or may not have been legal in various different jurisdictions. But even the most prolific sellers on the site that were taken down, like actual heroin dealers didn't get more than 10 to 15 years in prison. And Ross, the guy that simply ran a website to Two life sentences yeah. plus 40. Yeah. So that's a political persecution. Our ex-co-host, uh, Chris Cantwell, who is a fairly distasteful uh, individual in his opinions these days, he also was um, prosecuted uh, politically for things that, you know, his his opinions, basically. And those are just two people that are relatively close to uh, to us here. There's, I'm sure, countless others. Let's continue here. We got Major Payne on the line in Michigan. Go ahead, Major. Oh, Major Payne going once. Major Payne going twice. Yeah, we'll have to check back with him a little bit later. The number is 603-283-6160. Uh, Trump went on to slam the guy that, uh, the DA that indicted him, Bragg, saying he was, quote, handpicked and funded by George Soros, called him a disgrace. He said, rather than stop the unprecedented crime wave taking over New York City, he's doing Joe Biden's dirty work, ignoring the murders and burglaries and assaults he should be focused on. This is how Bragg uh, spends his time. It's actually pretty easy to believe. I mean, Soros money goes far and wide. Mm-hmm. It's pretty. Well, plus pretty you can trace here. it, too. I mean, you can see. I presume he's telling the truth when this guy probably received some money from George Soros mm-hmm. in his campaign. Uh, Trump then turned his sights on Biden, saying, quote, I believe this witch hunt will ba- uh, map backfire massively on joe biden the american people realize exactly what the radical left democrats are doing here everyone can see it so he says our movement and our party united and strong will first defeat alvin bragg then we will defeat joe biden and we're going to make going to throw every last one of those crooked democrats out of office so we can make america great again so yeah apparently trump did have quite a bit to say on this and uh, this is going to be an interesting uh, situation to watch develop. If you want to comment, the number is 603-283-6160. Uh, let's go to the phones here. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What is your name? Yo. Hey, we got you. What's on your mind? Oh, that sheriff in Arizona, I think it was? Yeah, David Hathaway from Santa Cruz. County. Yes. Yeah, if he, he wants to look up a different sheriff that took away all the drug task force, tell him to look up a guy named Billy Long in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Really? And see how that, yeah, and see how that played out for him. 
how did it play out? Well, he was going to Vegas and he was gambling all the money and they took out drug task force off the roads to have him uh, be able to run all the drugs right through Chattanooga, Tennessee, because it's a hub right here, 27, 75, 58, all the highways. Okay, hold on. I'm a little confused. Did you say Billy Long was the sheriff in Chattanooga? Yes, about 12 years ago. And he was running drugs? That's correct. They bust him with over like four kilos of cocaine in his house. Okay, okay. So what does that have to do with uh, getting rid of the drug task force? Because he got rid of the drug task force first. Oh, so do you think do you think Billy Long was actually running drugs through, or do you think they planted four pounds of coke in his house or whatever? Oh no, absolutely, he was running drugs through. Oh, well, somebody's got to run the drugs. And he was going to these uh, smoke shops where they used to have these uh, gambling uh, things. This is just what's in the paper, mm-hmm. you know, like the slot machines and stuff. And he was trying to charge them, like uh, get commission off them, like 30, 40% to keep the uh, gambling slot machines open. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a scummy thing to do. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and that's what unfortunately happens with. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying the guy in Arizona or like that, there is anything close to this year. I'm not, I'm not you know, I'm not whatever okay. with him. But you were giving an but, example because we didn't know of any other sheriffs who had canceled the the drug task force, and you're giving us one example. Yeah, that. that's correct. But you you also give an example here of what power does, and it attracts uh, corrupted, uh, corruptible people. That is absolutely true. And so I'm not surprised yeah. to find out that the sheriff was charging gambling dens 40 percent just to uh, allow them to operate. That doesn't surprise me uh, at all. Yeah, I, I don't. Think he did, uh, I think he did 12 or 14 years in federal. Wow. Uh, I, yeah, I, that, of course, you know, the, the way to solve this problem is to completely end the war on drugs and to end the war on gambling. Gambling should be uh, something that people can do legally without having to ask government permission, and people should be able to manufacture and, and sell and, and He was a good guy, drugs. too. He really was. He was a good guy. I mean, he, he, he actually— uh, Did you know him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I don't know if I would call someone extorting uh, gambling dens 40% uh, a good guy, or at least that wasn't a good thing that he was doing. as far as I do, he was a good guy. Let's put it that way. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of these guys are good to their friends, right? Like, they're good to their family members or whatever, except their wives in many cases with with cops. But, uh, Troy, thanks for sharing that. Anything else you want to uh, throw out there tonight? Yeah, just uh, look, 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 uh, look it up on a computer, and you'll be surprised. You'll find some good stuff on that one there. I don't think I'd be surprised, uh, but I do appreciate the heads up, and thank you for the call tonight. I mean, that's just, it's, again, people uh, people that are in search of power. They're going to use that power. Uh, if you if you want to sell drugs, then you should be the cops, right? Like, because you know, no one's going to be checking on better. you. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And I don't care if the cops are selling drugs, but if they're stopping the competition from selling drugs. That's a problem. Then I got a problem with that. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. You can join the show here and bring up whatever's on your mind. And this is Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. Free Talk Live. Phones are open. You can join the show here. The number is 
6160. That's 603-283-6160. It's Ian and Matt. In the studio tonight, I want to say thank you to Brittany Martell. Brittany is a supporter of our AMPS program. And that means that Brittany is contributing. She's silver level, so she's doing five bucks a month, which is what we ask for. So thank you, Brittany, for doing that. Some people uh, do a little more. So if you want to do that, that's cool. If you want to join the AMPS program, be like Brittany. We certainly appreciate it. It helps us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. That's what AMPS stands for. And it makes a big difference for us because the more people we can get in to do AMPS, the less likely we have to rely on advertisers in the future, which I would love to not have to rely on advertisers uh, in the future on the show. Right now, we don't have any. So if we can keep going that way, that's that's totally Fantastic. fine with me. Uh, we could use maybe an, you know, a doubling of the numbers would be nice. We've got about 130 people. If we could, you know, if we could hit 250, 300, uh, that would be really nice. So thank you to folks like Brittany for helping us out over at amps.freetalklive.com. You do get some perks. You get some benefits uh, for jumping in over there over at our Patreon. It's, once again, amps.freetalklive.com, including the Free Talk Live uh, Amps Only podcast, which is the full radio show minus the commercial breaks, which you'll find over at amps.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones here. President DeSantis is on the line in Florida calling in on our SIP line. Uh, which anybody can access. You just have to have an internet-capable uh, device. we got steps that you can follow to do this over at sip.freetalklive.com. That's sip.freetalklive.com. Uh, go ahead there, Prez. Hello, hello. Uh, I just want to call in how based our governor has been today in the free state of Florida. Okay, uh, tell me more. How he, how he uh, well, your other caller brought it up, really, about how he's offering to... Uh, uh, prevent the extradition of Trump if he wants to. He's at least offering it, right? Yeah, that's yeah. a little. That's a little based. Uh, I mean, it's just political posturing is all it is. Sure. He, he knows Trump's. That he knows there's zero chance Trump isn't going to turn himself in. <laughs> Probably so. not. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I got you to break your character. <laughs> But I, what I was really calling him about is um, when I first heard that he was uh, indicted, that I was just um, my first thought was someone's going, somebody's going to do something stupid, you know, to try to protect uh, protect Trump or you know cause some violence or some stupid crap. You, you know mean like I mean? somebody in New York City, somebody in Manhattan? Well, I mean, anywhere, really, you know, to to try, like, uh, start a rebellion, a violent rebellion, because he's going to get put in jail. Yeah, but, the, I mean, sure, the federal agents are going to be trying to do that. I don't know if any actual normal people, any normal Trump <laughs> supporters uh, are going to do that. But you better believe all those implanted FBI agents in all the different right-wing groups, you know... They are trying to get people riled up for to, to do stuff like that. This is oh, like January sixth all over again, times ten. They've been, they've been probably planning the past two weeks, you know, full sure. speed ahead, to try to get nudge people, you know. Come Absolutely. on, do a crime, do a crime. Yeah, I wonder how many bombs they're actually building. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the the FBI's got a long history of oh, helping geez. helping people build bombs, you know. And yeah, they say, just oh, give look, them the bombs. Bomb. Yeah. They just give they don't they don't give them the parts. They just give them a complete bomb. I mean, it's not usually they're not real bombs, but 
you know, that's we've seen so many different patsy situations where the FBI has set up would-be terrorists. And that was the World Trade Center first bombing. The FBI was trying to back get in a, the nineties. Yeah, that was 90s. A, a world class bomb builder was approached and asked to build bombs, and he said these are fake for training. Right? They're like, no, they're for training, but make real ones. Mm. Well, usually they're fakes. I mean, at least these days, when whenever we hear about the stories of them setting people up to go down for quote unquote terrorism, they they give them a fake bomb and then they arrest them when they try to deploy it. Anything else there, Prez? That was it. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate hearing from you. Uh, the number is 603-283-6160. We actually have Major Payne on the line here. Major, go ahead. Major Payne. All right. So there was a uh, journalist from the Wall Street Journal that the Russians have just kidnapped. I heard about charged, this. Yeah, they're charging him with espionage. Hmm. Yeah. Another, And evidently, it's been a long time. They cracked down pretty good on their own journalists that that cross their, their invisible line, but they've been leaving all the uh, Western journalists alone, and this is the first time they pulled this in, I can't remember when. Yeah, I mean, it makes you wonder if there's actually something to their case. Well, it makes you wonder if they're not a little PO'd about us giving uh, all the weapons to the Ukraine, too. Well, I don't see why taking it out on the Wall Street Journal correspondent in Moscow or wherever is is going to have any effect. Or you know, it's not like the the federal government is going to stop what they're doing in Ukraine because some journalist is in custody. So well, it ain't like it did them a lot of good to arrest that trans cross dressing basketball player for a little bit of hash oil either. Oh hell no! It didn't. It did them a lot of good. They got the uh, the gun guy out. The what's oh his yeah, name? yeah. Well, they ended up, but that, and, but that begs the d- deal. What are they gonna? What's this one gonna cost us? But mm, good uh, question. Yeah, as far as the trans dressers go, evidently they've got their panties in a knot about this uh, legal whatnot going on down in Tennessee and Kentucky. Cause yeah, they're, they're... that's right. I'm glad you brought that up. That's actually in oh. my show prep t- here tonight as well. Go ahead. What do you um What are you aware of happening down there? Because as I understand it, they're uh, apparently they're quote unquote storming the Tennessee Capitol today. Yeah, I, well, I, I heard there was a kind of a left wing root of them that was actually calling for armed rebellion so uh i don't know how how hot and heavy it's gonna get but uh they're a little ticked off yeah i think you're referring to an event that's supposed to happen this weekend in washington dc entitled the trans day of vengeance which we can talk about in a little bit but uh i actually imagine that's also gotta be fbi right there's another one that went on down there too in tennessee um, there was a uh, university, I think it was Forsyth University, and they sponsored a drag show. Mm. And evidently there's a high school on the campus there somewhere. Okay. And they let these underage kids in after the over-18 law had been passed. And they're pretty much thumbing their nose at the state and saying uh, that they didn't have no response. I think it's Forsyth University if you want to look at it. Okay, yeah, that might be worth looking at, but was there actually like – nudity or something going on there well, or? Ev- evidently one of them was dry humping an underage kid <laughs> and by underage kid do you mean like a high school senior who's 17 and you know well, i don't know how underage i mean i've heard yeah. one report that said it was 14 but i don't know if that's true mm-hmm. or not forsyth university you said I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what they said all right 
We'll take a look at it here. It's named from my past. That's why it's stuck. My old man, one of my old man's buddies was a Forsyth. I didn't know they had uh, actually passed that law. I didn't realize that Tennessee had had gone ahead and uh, gone forward with that. I think it went through. I don't know why they're kicked off in Kentucky. Maybe they got litigation on the books there or something. Hmm. All right, Major. Thanks for the call tonight, man. I appreciate it. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. Here is uh, what it sounded like, apparently, outside of the Tennessee Capitol building. This may have been inside. It's hard to tell. Uh, there's a large crowd of people. They are pushing uh, to try to get into an area inside that is being guarded by what appears to be at least several uh, state troopers. And the crowd makes... A fairly concerted push to try to get in. One person is sort of brought in by the state troopers in this uh, video and surprisingly not arrested. Uh, they actually push the person back out the door after bringing them in from the crowd, holding on to uh, the individual for, some, for a moment, and then sending them back out. But you can hear the angry protesters. If you look carefully, you will see signs in the background such as Ban guns, I believe, is one of the signs in this particular protest. Give him back. Oh, okay, that's what they're saying. And, and surprisingly, the police actually do uh, allow the person to return back into the crowd, which I was—I I figured for sure they'd be putting handcuffs on uh, that individual there. So this is what uh, some on the right are calling the transurrection God. in uh, in Tennessee. Of course, you know, evoking. The idea hey of, um, the day, we'll get to him in a bit, uh, evoking the idea of January 6th. Like the, uh, they're suggesting that this is as serious as what happened in the national, you know, the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. And I think they're probably right in, in that assessment. There's a large crowd of people that are trying to get into areas of the state house that they probably aren't supposed to be able to access. And I don't know if there have been any arrests. I, you know, it was still kind of ongoing as of not too long before uh, we started the show. So lo- a large number of people. There was another video from outside of, like, there was somebody on, I don't know, maybe a second or a third floor that was pointing down at a crowd outside. It's got to be several hundred people at least uh, that are outside the uh, outside and inside the Tennessee Capitol building pro- protesting something about trans something or other it's not really clear what they are there for but uh they are there and i've got a story about it uh this is from where is this uh had it here the daily mail gun control okay so that's that's what this is about so like i said we saw one sign in the video that said ban guns and this is uh dailymail.co.uk gun control activists storm tennessee state capitol in nashville after a trans shaman joined an occupation of the Kentucky legislature as fears of a left-wing uprising loom ahead of what is being called the Trans Day of Vengeance. So, uh, let's see. Footage of the insurrection shows progressive protesters battling with cops as they attempted to gain access to the legislature in Nashville. Hundreds of people were seen inside the lobby and yelling from the gallery at concerned lawmakers. Protest against guns comes after transgender shooter Audrey Hale on Monday gunned down six people at the Christian school in Nashville. We talked about that uh, a couple of days ago here on Free Talk Live. In a separate demonstration, trans activists invaded Kentucky's state capitol in Frankfurt to protest a Republican-backed bill to ban transgender procedures for children. 
Among the mob was a self-described genderqueer clown nun who immediately drew what? comparisons. Yeah. Uh, immediately drew comparisons to the QAnon shaman of the January 6th riot. This person. Okay, so this is. Oh, okay. The clown. Oh it my did God. look kind of similar. I saw images of this uh, clown I gotta look now. shaman person, uh, and they had like Baphomet horns on, <laughs> and you know the the other shaman had horns too. So they, there was definitely some similarities, and I think some face paint as well. Those are words I never thought I would Google. Bath what what words? Gender queer clown nun. <laughs> The left-wing demonstrations come amid fears of a trans day of vengeance, which has been threatened for Washington, D.C. Saturday. Twitter bosses this week rushed to remove thousands of posts advertising the protest. Now, why would they be doing that? You know, the supposed Twitter uh, free speech is my thing or whatever. You know, Elon Musk saying he's a free speech absolutist. And yet, apparently, Twitter's taking down links and posts about the trans day of vengeance. Now, the reason I say this is because the Trans Day of Vengeance, according to its organizers, is not some sort of violent event. They're not planning violence. Why they chose the the term vengeance, I don't know. It certainly does have an, yeah. you know, it, it has that feel. It's got a bad vibe. Yeah, it, it evokes uh, feelings of potential violence. But no, they're saying that, no, this is, if you're planning violence, stay away. This is not supposed to be a... Uh, violent event this is peaceful happy vengeance well i don't think they're going to be happy i think they're definitely angry and uh you know it's rare that you see a happy protest uh i don't think that that those typically match you've got this person pulled up how would you describe what you're seeing there matt um i I wouldn't i wouldn't i I am lost for words i'll give it a try so uh we got a, a a person <laughs> of some sort. I'm not uh, sure what's going on there. Appears to be bearded. A uh, looks looks like fairly hefty. Got some bizarre eye contacts going on. He's got two different contacts uh, that are in, not of normal colorization either. There's some sort of like starry kind of face paint, as well as like a, a white outline of that face paint. He's in. Um, looks like some sort of a. Uh, it's not a balaclava, but some sort of a cap some kind of black cap it's horns he has horns that are coming off of that that have uh what appear to be uv or purple colored led lights in them and then some kind of fancy i don't know what you call that like victorian Victorian, like looking neck ruffle thing yeah so uh, i mean high five on the effort for the costume definitely put some effort in uniform whatever they call this so, while most condemned the attack, which left three nine-year-olds and as many school staffers dead, several unrelated fringe extremist groups have surfaced, claiming the shooting was a consequence of ongoing oppression of trans people in southern, more conservative states. One such group, the Trans Radical Activist Network, or TRAN, seemingly took notice of this chaos and used the opportunity to rebrand a planned three-day procession previously called the Trans Day of Visibility, as a day of vengeance. Posters advertising the procession have been published and shared rapidly on platforms such as Twitter, which confirmed Wednesday it had already removed more than 5,000 posts promoting the event. According to several since-scrubbed advertisements, the event is still to be held in D.C. as scheduled from Friday through Sunday. So I didn't realize it was a three-day event. Though revelers wrote they would march on the country's most important court building uh, at 11 a.m. on Saturday. So that's supposed to be kind of the the height of this particular event 
The demonstration currently occurring in Nashville served as a preview of what could be in store for public officials in Washington once the weekend rolls around. But are the I've never been to D.C. as a tourist. I went there, God, it must be like 15 years ago now. It's been a long time, thankfully. Uh, they used to have a radio conference that happened in D.C. for a couple of years, and then that company went out of business. But So I have been to D.C. for the purposes of going to a conference. I hate going to dc it's just like icky all over the place big government buildings everywhere everything looks institutional it's a terrible have you ever been there i went in sixth grade because they have to inculcate you with the power of government oh, no. for, every, for sixth graders every year so they take everybody down and show them all the monuments and stuff and how we're supposed to feel bad for all the people who went to war and stuff I presume some of that stuff is open on weekends because obviously that's when a lot of tourism happens. Mm. Um, do they have tourism at the Capitol building on Saturday? I went open? to the Capitol building. I mean, we're mm-hmm. talking, you know, 1986 yeah. or 1987 or whatever. Yeah, I don't know what it looks like there on uh, on a Saturday, but that's obviously when they're talking about doing most of these things. The Smithsonian was cool. The demonstration, uh, again, in Nashville was calling for tighter gun laws prior to forcing themselves in the building. So apparently they did get in. It Hmm. wasn't just that they were trying to. Hundreds were seen gathering outside, airing chants of Save Our Children, a phrase that reportedly echoed through the hallways between the state Senate and House chambers this afternoon. Some remained peaceful as they filed into the Senate building, while others yelled at officials trying to make their way into areas protected by police. You know, it's for one thing I, I saw when I was watching some of that video. You got all these state troopers blocking everybody from getting in through, you know, past that one doorway. Mm-hmm. But then one of the legislators is walking out and they're all chanting, you know, do your job or something like that. And when the one one legislator, the one person they're trying to scream at, when he walked through and the state troopers made a pathway for him, they all mm-hmm. went silent. Why? Like the, the the crowd went quiet, and then when the state trooper got past, they all started up again. It's like strange. You, you morons! One of the people you're supposed to be chanting at just walked through here, and you kept it like silent as a group. That is bizarre. And I then when he got out, they started up again. It didn't make any sense to me. I don't think they. Well, chanting doesn't make any sense. Anyway. Chanting, yeah, yeah, right. It's hard to understand it half the time, mm-hmm. and. It's kind of mindless, but we can talk more about what's going on there in uh, Tennessee. Also, apparently, Kentucky yesterday. If you want to comment on it, the number is 603-283-6160. Let's go to this caller. You're on Free Talk Live. What is your name? Hi, it's Vernon. Vernon, you're on the air. Hi, so I wanted to clarify what the original protest was for in Tennessee since I'm from, I live in Tennessee uh, half the time. Um, Okay. They passed a bill that basically prohibits drag shows on public property. Okay. And they also passed another bill that limits um, anybody that's on TennCare, which is like Medicare in Tennessee, uh, the ability to use that for, uh, for transgender care. So basically anybody that is on that type of care has to phase it out, I believe, by March 30th, from what I remember. But the... The, the drag show on public property uh, thing is, is the big the big deal right now. And then on top of that, they didn't they then had the, the school shooting, which I guess they are kind of piggybacking on for other for protesting other things. But uh-huh. the primary issue, like I said, was that the drag shows on public property. And I used to go to to um, pride festivals that were held on public property that were very mm-hmm. peaceful. The 
the police were there to protect everything. It was it was actually a lot of fun. And um, for some reason, the the super majority of Republicans in Tennessee right now feel like it's a uh, I guess it's immoral and it's it really has to do with children. Apparently, they think that there was a there was an event at some public university um, where the 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 Pride Club put on a uh, a drag show and they had children there and in a video that was posted to uh, Facebook, I believe, the child was up there kind of just having a good time. There was no nudity. There was nothing sexual about it. It was just somebody dressed up as a woman, you know, mm-hmm. and they were just having a good time. But that that video has just made the GOP in Tennessee feel like it's an absolute threat to have any drag show on public property. And so... I just wanted to kind of explain where, why it's so transgender-based. Was this um, the like, Forsyth University thing that uh, Major Payne was talking about earlier? Yeah, possibly. I don't know if it was Forsyth, but I, I, I believe it was a public university. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't know if it was Forsyth, but, um, but it was a, I believe it was a public university, and this happened maybe a year ago. So, I mean, it's just a lot, it's just a lot of political posturing, and, and, you know, one of the, I, I'm I'm very neutral um, about all of this. You know, I don't care one way or the other. But well, I care. I mean, I, I think that uh, if people want to go to a drag show, they should be able to go to a damn drag show. I mean, this is. Well, no, I agree with that. I'm just saying. Well, yeah. I mean, I agree with that. I'm just saying, as far as politicking itself, but uh, you know, for for the most part, I'll give Tennessee credit for having mostly moderate governors. Uh, Bill Lee, the current governor, apparently has decided to go a little bit more to the right than our previous governor Haslam. Uh, but as a whole, I feel like, you know, the Tennessee governor at least, you know, tries to be a bit more moderate than, than crazy DeSantis or something like that. Um, but in this Well, case, whatever. I, I mean, really the dude signed this bill, right? This no, he signed the bill. I agree. And, and you know, it, it, that's what I was – my point was, was that, he's, you know, it just seems like even the governors that were able to be moderate are having to really move more to the right. To, to appease just the the really what do you whatever you call it it's just very sharp you know it, it doesn't seem like there is no more moderate anymore there yeah, is, the thing is we talked about this uh, we talked about this Tennessee bill when it was in the process I don't know if we talked about it since it has passed but I do have the bill pulled up here just to kind of you know remind what it actually contains it is in addition to what you're saying Vern uh, Vernon it is not just that uh, Drag shows are banned on public property, but they are also illegal on, quote, in a location where the adult cabaret performance could be viewed by a person who is not an adult. So it, even yeah, if it's I, in, I about that. yeah, even if it's within private property, if someone under the age of 18 is present in that room, that in theory would make it violating this law. However, you also then have to pull up the definition of adult cabaret performance. And this is where things get tricky. So it says this. It means a performance in a location other than an adult cabaret that features topless dancers, go-go dancers, exotic dancers, strippers. Okay, so far we're not talking about drag here, right? We're talking about strip shows. Comma, male or female impersonators who provide entertainment that appeals to a prurient interest or similar entertainers, regardless of whether or not performed for consideration. So the part with the wow. the part that covers drag is the part about male or female impersonators. 
who provide entertainment that appeals to a prurient interest. So what that's does that mean? the big question. Prurient usually is like the lowest common denomination sexual oh. uh, talk. You're trying to appeal to you know people's sexual uh, uh, interests, essentially. And I, I forgot how ridiculous it was, and I'm glad you read that. And before we run out of time, I just want everyone to know that Tennessee – as a whole, I would say is, is very respectful of that lifestyle and very respectful of people that choose or or not choose or whatever you want to call it. It's that if you're trans, if you're bi, we're in our. I know that our university and higher ed system is very respectful of that as well. And and anybody that's listening out there that you know is in Tennessee, you know, are aren't going to like I said be judgmental about that. And well, unfortunately, the government is, and ultimately the question there, is, right. what are the police right. going to do when it comes to these performances? Is cracking a sex joke? Current. Uh, more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join the show here and bring up whatever you want. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. We've been talking about uh, the protests going on in apparently Kentucky yesterday and then today in Tennessee. A story from the Daily Mail with what was estimated at well over a thousand people outside of the state house and hundreds more uh, that were inside the state house. Apparently some were able to push themselves in areas in which they weren't supposed to be. So, you know, this seems very similar to the January 6th quote-unquote insurrection. But is there going to be, you know, major prosecutions and jailings of these individuals? I guess that remains to be seen. Yeah, and I, I also want to know about the one the year before where the Democrats broke into the Capitol building and I clearly remember AOC and a whole, you know, 30, 40 people having a sit-in in like a hallway. And really? yeah, that kind of went away. Huh. Was it hundreds of people? I don't It was I... quite a few people. Okay. I mean, she was, a, I don't think it was hundreds, but I don't also don't think there was, you know, a thousand people in the January 6th thing going into the, into the Capitol. Going either. in? Yeah, I don't know. You know That's it was a just good a question. bunch, you know, handful of people. But the same with the AOC thing. It was 30, 40 people there all having to sit in and be in there where they weren't supposed to, but AOC was with them. So maybe that makes a difference. I, I got know. the feeling there were more than 30 or 40 people in the January 6th thing. Was there? Because I think they prosecuted far more than that. It's hard to tell. You can only uh, see what the camera will show you. you know? Yeah. But either way, I mean, I don't think that any of these people should be prosecuted. I don't think yeah. that uh, the people in Tennessee should be prosecuted. I don't think the people in D.C. should be prosecuted. I think the capital building should be turned into low-income housing. <laughs> they, uh, you know, the the best part of the, the January 6th thing, of course, was the politicians cowering and, like, hiding. That Remember so those ridiculous. photographs? Oh, my God. That Wasn't that just the sweetest oh, moment? Oh, Jesus I can't believe they would even stoop to that level. Make politicians cower again, as far as I'm concerned. But, I mean, I mean that 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 I, I would love it if it wasn't an act. Hmm. Like, you, you think that was an act? Oh my God! Are you kidding me? There was nobody getting really anywhere scared? near that road, that, that that meeting room. They're not getting hmm. near that. Well, either way, uh, I'll I'll take it. Whether it was an act or not, it looked pretty pathetic. They looked like cowards. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, and, and again, I don't think violence is the solution. If there's somebody being violent, then okay, fine. You know, prosecute whatever, you know, that's fine. Uh, of course the cops didn't get prosecuted for shooting that lady to death. That's right. On January 6th. 
So clearly there's a double standard uh, at work here. And again, whether there's going to be a double standard as far as prosecuting the people in Tennessee, that also remains to be seen. But I, as I say, I don't think any of these people should be prosecuted. This is quote-unquote public property. This is the people's house. It's the people's government. So if they want to go in there and they want to stay there all night and protest, then whatever. I don't care. Uh, but uh, if you want to comment, you can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. We had Vernon call in because apparently there's going to be a trans event this weekend in D.C., which they're calling the Trans Day of Vengeance. Now, apparently it's supposed to be going on for the whole weekend, but the focus day is going to be 11 a.m. on Saturday outside of the Supreme Court in Washington, D.C. And uh, so, you know, we'll see what that turns into. They are saying that the Trans Day of Vengeance isn't about violence. They uh, It was going to be, it had a different title previously, and then they changed it. Uh, it sounded a lot less... It sound you know, vengeance sounds kind of uh, intense. They uh, see if I can find what it was. Oh, it was going to be the Trans Day of Visibility, and then after the events of the shooting this week, they changed the term to a Day of Vengeance, Trans Day of Vengeance. It's being put on by the Trans Radical Activist Network, and then uh, Vernon called in. And he brought up the fact that there is this law in Tennessee that has banned drag performances. But only the ones that, quote-unquote, appeal to a prurient interest, which has to do with appealing to sexuality, right? Or appealing to the lowest common denominator from a sexual uh, perspective. Now, it's a pretty nebulous term because it's not defined in the actual act. So it's part of the definition of a, quote, adult cabaret performance. So... It's like up there with this list of other things that are clearly an adult performance, right? Like topless dancing, exotic dancing, stripping. Okay, those most people would agree those are adult performances. But a man dressing in women's clothing and singing the latest, you know, Madonna song or Cher or whatever, you know, artist songs they're singing on stage at a drag show, that on its own is not... Purient. Purient. Is it going to be considered purient based on how the individual is dressed? I would think so. I mean, it sounds pretty subjective to me, so it probably depends on what cop is doing the arresting. That's what I'm saying. This is really going to be up to uh, the police, of course. Uh, you know, That's how it always works out, right? Like the, the lawmakers write the law, but then a completely different set of bureaucrats, the police, I mean, if you got the it. cop from the village people, you're probably safe. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but you know, I've been to a drag show or two. Uh, we went to Bonnie and I went to one here in Keene last year in September, and it was advertised as, you know, period. No, I wouldn't say it was advertised as that. It was just advertised as this is, you know, this is an adult show, and they didn't say children weren't allowed, but you know, like an R-rated movie, yeah. you should use discretion if you're going to bring your kids to this. And the thing is, an R-rated movie would have been more offensive than what happened on the stage at this particular drag show. Now, maybe there are more prurient drag shows. I'm sure there are out there. But your typical drag show, in my experience, which is limited, mind you, and I used to go to the uh, Gay and Lesbian Pride Festival and run Libertarian Outreach booths in Sarasota, and they would usually have a drag show that that would happen there. And it was just, you know, men dressing in uh, fabulous clothing, singing pop songs. 
That's all it was. Right? There's no strip show going on. There's no, you know, nobody was shaking their butt in some kid's face or something like that. So, like, for all the stuff that you hear on social media from libs of TikTok or whatever, this stuff doesn't go on at, at drag shows, typically. Now, will there be some, you know, salacious humor or whatever? Yeah, that's what happened. If there was anything that was quote-unquote inappropriate for children, and I'm using, like, the strictest possible definition by uber-conservative type parents, it would have been there was some sex-related jokes at this particular drag show. But no one got naked on stage. There was no sex acts being simulated or anything like that that happened. So I find myself wondering... Is telling a salacious joke, a, a joke about sex or something like that, is that considered prurient? Is that going to be enough to get somebody arrested and charged under this prohibition in Tennessee or whatever other states are passing this? And is that what these people really intended? Or did they intend to go after the shows that are like straight up strip shows, which is not drag? That's a strip show, and that's what you see a lot. I don't know if you've seen any of the stuff that they posted on these conservative uh, social media channels. <laughs> I don't follow it. They're obsessed. They're obsessed. The libs of TikTok, uh, like you can just scroll down their feed, and there's like drag show clip. You know, I don't know why they're why they're obsessing over that. It's like not. A, it's such a nothing burger. Like if there ever was a nothing burger, that's a nothing. burger. But what about the children, Matt? I mean, this could turn the kids gay. Interesting. I think that must be what they believe about it, right? Like, what what could they possibly believe that drag shows are going to do that they need to be stopped? You know. Besides turn the kids gay. I, I came from a big gay family. Did you? Lots of gay people in my family. Okay. Inordinate amount of gay people in my family don't know why. Mm-hmm. I'm not gay. Mm-hmm. If anything was going to turn a kid gay, it clearly would have been my family for right. whatever so, reason. So I'm being gay. around gay people didn't make you gay. Not a, Not at all. Okay. But what about gay people telling jokes about sex? Never heard gay people do that before. <laughs> not, I mean, not as a child, but as, a, right. as an adult I have. Yeah, and like I said, these things are less offensive than your average R-rated movie as far as the things that you can see happen, as far as the sex-related content or sex jokes or whatever. They're, it's no big deal. And it's not, nobody bats an eye at a, a couple of parents bringing their child to an R-rated movie. You know, as a kid, if I heard if I heard adults making sex jokes, it probably would have made me think that those adults are a little weird and I might want to distance myself as a kid from them. Yeah, well, I mean, as a kid, the only way you're going into a drag show in the first place is by intent, right? Like right. you're, if your parents are forcing you to go, that's one thing, but I think probably most of the kids that are going to these are going voluntarily. They're going because, you know, their parents like it and they like it or whatever. I mean, I it just, it's like you said, this is like a nothing burger. Like why people are so upset about this. You know, I remember years ago, crazy. Sasha Gray, there used to be this thoroughbred porn star named Sasha Gray. Yep. Sasha Gray is hyper literate, very, very smart, smart person. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. She's a super, super bright person. And uh, she was going into like kindergartens and doing like book read, like story hour with the kids and stuff. And she wasn't going in all trash or anything. She's dressed mm-hmm. up like a normal person on her day off. She was she being presented as Sasha Gray porn star, porn star extraordinaire. No, not at all. No. She just Sasha Gray. 
or what? I don't even know if she's going by that name. Was she there might, controversy about this? Oh, it was huge. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And it's like she's she's reading like genuine kid stories, you know, like the giving tree and stuff like that to these, you know, first graders. I don't have any problem with that. She probably reads those stories spectacularly. They're probably really nice to listen to. She's probably a great little, uh, you hmm. know, those kids don't know who she is. Who cares? Well, uh, maybe the fear is that they're going to Google her or whatever and then find God knows what. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> they're going to do that anyway. They're going right. <laughs> to. Yeah. Welcome to the Internet here. Right. Uh, but, you know, so so again, it remains to be seen here. The major pain had said that this uh, college in Tennessee went ahead and held a drag show to, I guess, challenge this thing. And I, I'm glad to hear yeah, about good that. for that. That's good. Sounds like it worked out. It sounds like no one got charged with anything in that particular case, because that is going to be the ultimate test here is to see what they end up charging as a quote-unquote adult cabaret performance. And it turns out the cop from the y, the uh, the village people actually does live right there. So He lives in Tennessee? No, I made that part oh, up. Okay. I believe it. I, you know, I'm pretty <laughs> gullible. Uh, the number here is 603-283-6160. He, he's got to be old today. He's probably 80 years yeah, old. Yeah, for sure, if he's still around. Uh, so anyway, there's that story. Uh, we're going to keep an eye on this uh, trans day of... Uh, vengeance that's supposedly coming up this weekend uh let me see what else i can tell you about it here from the daily mail after i scroll through their zillion photographs their articles are so hard to actually read because there's just so many pictures but they say that uh, officers attempted to keep the rally in tennessee confined to certain areas but two democratic lawmakers caused a temporary shutdown when they joined in on the revelry Power to the people, said State Senator Charlene Oliver, screaming through a megaphone, a chant that hundreds of others who had gathered in the House emphatically repeated. Most remained peaceful while others were seen battling with officers tasked with keeping a clamp on the unrest. And so we'll see what else uh, transpires. If you were there today and you want to weigh in, you want to give us you know, what it was like from the inside or the outside, whichever side you happen to be on, the number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You know, something we've been uh, watching pretty carefully here on Free Talk Live, Matt, has been the banking situation. And it's been a few weeks since you've been on the show um, have you been paying attention at all to these bank failures? Uh, very little, actually. I mean, this is an expected outcome of, you know, you want know, something I saw recently that I didn't know happened a couple of years ago. Actually, Chris Reitman posted it on uh, Facebook. I saw it, but he posted that uh, the re- the uh, fractional reserve system is done. And I didn't realize the fractional reserve system was done. Oh, yeah. That happened back in 2020. Years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had no Thanks idea. Thanks to COVID. They Thanks just to decided COVID. to get rid of any reserve requirements. I wonder if that was the real reason for COVID in the first place. As a cover, yeah. you mean, to do that stuff? That's a good question. There's the re- Well, we had to because this, you know. I don't even see why that would even have anything to do with COVID. Like, what? how is that even excused by it's there's not. a disease now we don't need a reserve for the, for the banks? What? It kind of makes me, you know, the I, I like Aaron Day's idea. I like his presidential uh, candidate Aaron Day. Presidential candidate Aaron Day. I like his idea. I think the bank runs a good idea. I agree. Uh, it, you but know, what I, are people going to do with their money? I mean, you you go on the bank run. What would you do? You put, I'd buy Monero. Mm-hmm. And that is the privacy coin, the the world's premier privacy coin yep. in the world of cryptocurrency. Yeah, I see more and more and more people coming around to Bitcoin, and that worries me. I just 
Bitcoin is traceable and trackable. It's like almost as bad as a central bank digital currency at this point. If you're going to have the one of the whole allures of cash is that you can live a fairly private life mm-hmm. without anybody knowing, you know, your credit, your credit card transactions and debit card transactions can be tracked. I might like this. Not, I'm not even doing anything illegal, but I still might want to pay cash. Cash is nice. It's between two people. Nobody has to know what happened. It's not a big deal. And Bitcoin is not going to allow for that level of privacy. But Monero does allow for that level of privacy. The other thing, uh, another key difference between Bitcoin and Monero is the fees. I mean, privacy. Yeah, Bitcoin fees. Oh, my God. Privacy is important. But what I saw, I think it was last week on social media, because I can't use Bitcoin, so I'm not allowed to use cryptocurrency, so I can't see it for myself. But luckily, the Internet has charts. And uh, there's a handy little chart here at a website called bitinfocharts.com. And you can look at different cryptocurrencies and you can see what is the current average transaction fee denominated in dollars of Bitcoin. Well, apparently as of today or yesterday, it was $2.31. That wow. is the average Bitcoin transaction wow. fee. Wow. On the other hand, the average Monero transaction fee, which to be fair, Monero, because there's a lot more going on, there's a lot more like intense processing that has to happen to, you know, make the transactions uh, private. It's usually higher than Bitcoin Cash or Dash or something like Mm -hmm. that. Usually Bitcoin Cash or Dash, which are two of the kind of the cash style uh, cryptos out there, the, the easy spenders, those are usually less than a cent. Monero clocking in on the same day that bitcoin was at two dollars and 39 cents or two dollars and 31 cents uh monero was 4.69 cents that's great so a fraction of a fraction of what the bitcoin fee was let's also check the what they call the median transaction fee because remember a diff- the difference between an average and a median average takes in you know, all the high, crazy high fees and the whatever right. super low ones, and it averages out to uh, that. But the median is where 50% of the fees are higher than the median, and the other 50% are lower than the median. So it's a different, it's a different, different way of metric. looking at things. On the same day that we were just talking about, uh, which was yesterday, it looks like, median transaction fee, this is like more typical, right, than an average fee. You're not as likely to see an average fee than you are a median fee. Over a dollar, a dollar three per Bitcoin transaction, and that's a lot of money. That's sure. you know, if you are uh, if Bitcoin is supposed to be useful for buying things, well, it's not, and it's it hasn't not. been for years. It's not, and it, and it's slow, and it can get rejected, and it's just the Bitcoin. I love that people are coming aboard, but Bitcoin is not the place to come aboard. If you're going to buy a brand new car, you don't buy a brand new 1921, 1929 Model T. You buy a new Chevy or a Kia or something. You know, you, you don't buy old dated stuff. You buy something new that works and is modern. And Bitcoin doesn't offer that. It's just, I know I'm going to hear there's maximalists out there and I don't understand what the allure to Bitcoin is, even at this late stage, especially not from libertarians. Privacy is important. Don't tell me about Lightning Network or any other weird stuff that mm-hmm. newbies aren't going to understand and aren't going to even try to understand. You know, I don't know. 
I don't know. Just Monero is so simple. And so does that's its job. what you were saying you would do in the case of pulling money out of a bank. That's yeah. what got us started talking I'd buy, about. I buy silver. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, things that don't, things that are worth investing in for me. Gold, silver, ammo, Monero. Yeah, these are things that um, could be tradable in the instance of the complete demolishment of the dollar, yep. the current monetary system, which, as I say, we've been following pretty closely here. And you and I, we aren't financial advisors, but we can say what we would do. And that's what we're doing. Uh, just, you know, it's something for people to consider is if the dollar is going to go down in value quickly, which could happen. I and mean, obviously, a lot of people have been, have been proposing and talking about this for many years, for decades, the end of the dollar, the end of the world reserve currency status for the dollar. But maybe it's happening this time, you know, and and uh, I'm not really afraid of it because all the other world reserve currency, all the other world currencies suck, too. Right. And we finally have a way out. Now, look, I love gold and silver. I love that the those precious metals and it's good local i think the gold backs are incredible for being able to spend gold there's nothing like it and we've seen a huge amount of businesses coming on board taking the gold backs love them gold backs attract a whole different uh crowd of people especially older folks who get gold but eh, not quite ready for cryptocurrency so if you haven't checked those things out yet be sure you take a look at those um but like you said those are local things you can't really do much with gold and silver on an international or even a state-to-state level just cumbersome to have to put something in a package and then pay to mm-hmm. to ship it somewhere so they both have their strengths and they they have their weaknesses crypto and gold i think uh, are complementary of one another as far as you know using both of them and you're like for sure you're set why not uh, you and need- if you can trade a chicken for a pickup truck then you go ahead and do that <laughs> yeah, but need a lot of chicken yeah for, for the rest of the for the rest of the time though you're gonna need something a little more fluid and that's the whole per- purpose of uh, currency in the first place right so and remember earlier in the show tonight we talked about how i think it was brazil and china have a new deal where they're not going to use the dollar between so brazil was buying you know it still is china's their number one trading partner and uh, it was united states that's flipped in recent years and so brazil says well why are we buying dollars to send them to China, which then China has to turn, you know, doesn't turn make any sense. Makes I don't blame absolutely them. no sense. So they've come to a new agreement. They're not going to do that anymore. They're just going to trade real for yuan and yuan for real and and be done with the dollar. So that's cut out of the picture there. And then you got this UAE deal with a French uh, power company to trade what was it, sixty five thousand tons, I think, of liquefied natural gas for the Chinese yuan instead of using the dollar. So, I mean, these could be early indicators. There have been talks about Russia, Russia and China doing more direct trading without using the dollar. And, you know, is this all going to come down quickly, faster than people think? Well, there's one guy that bet a million dollars last week that the price of Bitcoin, due to all the dollar, you know, falling and failing and all that, was going to shoot up to a million dollars within 90 days. Well, I really not going to put all my chickens in that, all my eggs in that basket. You don't have to. He put a million dollars of his own chickens and eggs. Do we know who this person is? Yeah, he's a former CTO of Coinbase. Really? Yeah. His own million dollars? Well, he got it from somewhere. <laughs> I don't know where he got it from, but he, get, he put it into a, uh, it's a an escrow. Bet, buddy. It's in an escrow account. I don't, I don't think he's going to lose money, but I don't think he's going to make nearly as much as he thought he was going to. Well, I mean, he's either going to lose the million dollars or he's going to win uh, a Bitcoin. The other guy on the other side of the bet has to buy a Bitcoin. Oh, it's a bet. Yeah, sorry to make that clear. Oh, it's yeah. a 
bet. Yeah, he bet a million dollars. Wow. The price of Bitcoin is going to hit a million dollars within three months. I'm calling schmuck. There's more coming up. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. You can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. And bring up anything you want. Breaking news in regards to the Trump indictment. Now, this is coming from unnamed sources at this point, but it's getting media attention by CNN, Mediaite.com, etc. Uh, CNN's out front show tonight featured a law enforcement analyst named John Miller who cited sources claiming 34 counts of falsification of business records are coming at Donald Trump due to this indictment. So it's obviously, you know, unproven at this point. We don't know if that's accurate or whatever, but that's what's being said. 34 counts it's not being said whether they're felony or misdemeanor counts, but either way, if that's true, that's a pretty serious. Uh, it's a pretty serious set of set of charges. They're going for him, yeah, for sure. Uh, it's Ian and Matt here in the studio tonight. You can join us online as well. Head over to freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there. We do have our social media platform at social.freetalklive.com where you can interact with other Free Talk Live listeners. We also have some of the hosts on there as well. Once again, that's social.freetalklive.com. Let's go to Jimmy. He's in Florida. Go ahead, Jimmy. Thank you guys first. I always say I'm negative, but thank you for cutting back the commercials. I can barely listen to the conservative talk show radio. Hey, no, my pleasure. I'm glad we did it. I wish I'd done it 10 years ago, but uh, better late than never. The show, I think, is better than ever uh, without the two commercial breaks that we got completely got rid of at the beginning of the year. It's been fantastic. You guys boast about all the income they make and we got to listen to 30 minutes of commercials every hour. Okay, here's my point. All right, thank you. Um, yeah. Um, the Bitcoin is a fiat currency, and the dollar is a fiat currency, and you're telling us we got to move sideways to another fiat currency. Now, how am I supposed to get in on that? Well, first of all, Bitcoin is not a fiat currency. Uh, and Matt, do you do you want to take that one? Do you want to explain not why? You do it. So fiat currency, fiat, the word fiat specifically refers to like the diktats of a king, right? Like the the king has commanded by fiat. Uh, so fiat is essentially something handed down from on high in our current uh, situation. It usually in, involves having absolutely no backing whatsoever. And uh, so that's when you look at the fiat currencies of the world, what you tend to see in the case of Bitcoin, a lot of people who don't really understand what they're talking about will un- will understandably mess this one up. This was my one of my first objections to uh, to Bitcoin back in the day when I, when Mark and I were having lunch with uh, Gavin Andreessen, who was one of the earliest programmers of Bitcoin, and he kind of answered our objections. Uh, one of my objections was, well, what's it backed by? Because you know I was a gold and silver guy, right? Like mm-hmm. that, it didn't make any sense. Yeah. Traditional yeah. libertarian. Yeah. Right. What, what's yeah. that, Jimmy? Yeah, gold and silver, right? Right, right. So that's where you know that's where I was coming from on this, and I think the best explanation to that, to me, uh, that makes it, makes it pretty clear is that Bitcoin is backed by, and cryptocurrencies are backed by the networks that are are there 
that are are so critical to the existence of Bitcoin. Bitcoin doesn't exist without its network. If if the uh, last I heard it was ten thousand nodes, but that, it's been a few years, so I don't know what the current number is. But it's probably a just, lot more than that now. Let's just take that number: ten thousand nodes. Those are ten thousand people, likely ten thousand individuals or groups or whatever that are running servers that have the full Bitcoin blockchain on them. That is the decentralized network. That is the the heart plus the miners of uh, of running this this Bitcoin blockchain. And again, we're just talking about Bitcoin. There's other blockchains, obviously that have yeah. similar things. And so the fact that there's that network out there is real value. That network processes those transactions, va- validates those transactions to make sure that there's no cook in the books, that there's no funny business going on, there's no, you know, uh, stealing or, or whatever, right? And so that's an incredibly valuable thing. And it's that network, that's the strength of that network. That it does what it says it's going to do. For all of our criticisms of, of Bitcoin, it's not a perfect coin, but it does okay. what it says it's going to do. It allows you to transfer value from one human uh, to another, and it does it for a eh, relatively low uh, low price. Now, of course, yeah. I say transfer. I'm using that term in, in general. You're not actually moving anything anywhere, and humans don't. Humans' names aren't on the, uh, the accounts. It, it is a ledger, and it's decentralized, and it's... Basically, it's unhackable, and it can't be stopped by governments. That's there's, real there's value. No, there's no banking institution that can futz with the interest rates on it and make it valueless from day to day or mm-hmm. you know, inflationary or deflationary. It's not like that. Yeah. So, okay, but so when you guys form a new country, are you protected from the United States shutting this off? The United States cannot shut off Bitcoin. It is a okay. global phenomenon. Those 10,000 nodes I told you about, those are distributed yeah. all across the planet. It is everywhere, and it is all the time. It's not something oh, that... Oh. The only way to shut off Bitcoin would be literally to kill the internet worldwide. Okay. Well, can the United States shut off the internet? No, sir. No. No. They could shut okay. it off in theory to the United States, um, but they would have... You, if you think people are uh, mad now... Wait until they can't get their, super, their super pornography or whatever yeah. it is that they're and, using. You know, and, and honestly, even if they did shut off the in- internet, Bitcoin can run on intranet too. So, I mean, as long as you can have two devices that connect can connect with each other. You could hook it up over a ham radio set if you wanted to. Totally possible. Uh, so, like, there would be all kinds of alternatives. And Bitcoin, again, isn't going to go away. As long as there's somebody with a network somewhere... It's going to continue. And you always have to remember, the government's not going to want to get rid of the internet because they need it for yep. things. They're reliant okay. on it as well. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks for the call tonight, man. I appreciate it. A good question, though. And, and that is one that comes up a lot. Uh, people you know, are new to Bitcoin. They don't understand it. And these are some of the important things that, yeah. that need to get out there. You know, I, it's, I, that's kind of a second-level question, too. That's not really be, a true it's a beginner's question. Yeah, that's a, a second-level question. The, the, first, the first question I like to answer is, well, show me how it works. Okay, well, here's the wallet, and I'm yeah. going to scan your QR code. There you go. You have a dollar. Or you know, worth a little, little, little tiny fraction of yeah. cryptocurrency. The second level question is, well, what's this backed by? Well, it's backed by the blockchain, and then you get into the blockchain conversation. So I think, I think the way you just described that without even using the word blockchain was kind of ingenious. Oh, thanks, man. Let's continue here. We got Joe in Maryland. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, hi, Ian. Hi, Matt. How you guys doing? Good. Hey. How are you, Joe? What's on your mind? Uh, well, uh, Matt, you were talking about uh, off. Uh-oh. Oh, you get a little you, robotic. You lost your signal there for a moment. He was talking about what? 
you're number one on my prayer list because you need to be protected from the government. High five. Matt does? No, you, Ian. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'll, yeah. While you're tossing them out there, I'll take one. And, and Matt, I, I never heard of you before, so uh, I'll put you on a prayer list, too. Thanks, dude. Thanks, dude. You're right. welcome. Well, what do you got for us uh, tonight? What do you got for us tonight? Okay, Matt, you were talking about, uh, you know, saving some things to trade, like gold, silver, ammo, uh, you know, trading a chicken for a truck. I know exactly what you uh, if you want to save it up. And I have this, too. I have extra uh, dental uh, stuff for your gums to numb the pain for toothaches. And you have that sensitive toothpaste. I have a bunch of that with toothbrushes and stuff like that. Because if somebody's in pain and stuff like that, that toothache pain will be worse than that hunger pain. That's a good That's point. True. That's yeah. true. Having, uh, having yeah, some think, medicines I, around certainly could be helpful. Another question you want to take yeah. into advisement is how how long past those expirations dates can you really use medicines? Hey, you know, I've used a pretty old tube of Anbasol gel yeah. before. Yeah. I believe it. I believe it. I suspect those things go way beyond what the stamp dates are. They, they just want it, They just want you to throw do. them out so you can buy more. Yeah, they listen, they do because uh, they even came out and said uh, – the government even came out and said they they put those expiration dates on there so that you would throw it out and buy new stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's how you know sneaky the uh, companies are. For I you mean, maybe the they product. lose some potency over time, but you know, what percentage or by what by what measure? I wonder if anyone's ever done a study on that. Like it's two years over date and still ninety percent effective. Hey, I'm mm-hmm. taking it. Yeah, well, <laughs> especially if you're in hard times, right? Like if you if there's no more uh, medicines in the stores and you got you know, some guy saying, "Hey, look, here's a five year expired uh, tube of whatever uh, Neosporin or something like that," and you you know you feel yeah. like you need it, then you're gonna buy it. I'll take it. Yeah, you know what? Also, right? I'm gonna give. I'm gonna hit you guys right now. And you know I'm in a hospital bed, and, you know, that's yeah. how I live, basically, and I'm in a lot of pain. Well, one of my medications is uh, not available. It hasn't been available mm-hmm. since the 20th. And what it's a big-time med, too. What is it? Morphine. Really? Huh. Is there a shortage? Yep. <laughs> okay, well, Walgreens doesn't have it. I'm wondering if they're actually trying to push people, because morphine's a staple. I wonder if they're mm-hmm. actually trying to push people into the black market. I wonder if heroin use is down and they're trying to force people to push it back up. Heroin, money's, heroin money yeah. from the CIA funds all kinds of black projects. Well, I mean, I'm sure you've heard that there's a uh, shortage of, what is it, Adderall? Like a lot of the Adderall hmm. people have been complaining yep. because they're yep. having to wait a very long time, and some of them are having to go without or get some, hmm. you know, alternatives uh, to uh, to Adderall. So maybe there's some sort of issue with supplies, right? Like maybe uh, supplies, uh, whatever they're. What's From the China. name? China makes China makes like eighty uh, percent of our medication precursors. That's what oh. I'm thinking. The precursor so chemicals. I think it's Hey, Joe, thanks for the call tonight, man. Uh, i got to let you go. The cell phone's kind of right, cutting out, right. but I do appreciate hearing from yeah, you. Yeah, food for thought. Yeah, maybe there's uh, maybe there's an issue with the Chinese precursors or the, you know, whatever, because certainly they had some shutdowns due to COVID, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we continue here. Sarah is on the line in New Mexico. Go ahead, Sarah. Uh, yes. Uh, so this Texas oil company got fined for polluting the air, and okay. so their name is Matador. 
Isn't that the name for like a Spanish uh, bullfighter? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, so it's a Texas. Oh, and, and then what they were doing is that they got busted for doing it here in New Mexico. So they they were polluting the air in Las Cruces area, from what I was told. So yeah, that that's how. Otherwise, it, if they were in Texas, they do whatever they want because they they pollute the air all they want in Texas. That's not a problem. But they were doing that here. So they got jacked up. And they so got you're fined. saying this was a fine issued by New Mexico? I think so, from mm. what the news announced. I wonder if anybody's taken. Uh, I wonder if anybody's taken uh, air samples around like Los Alamos. What what is that? I, I don't I don't know about that. Part. What what they had to do to the catch him? Is, the Los Alamos is a like a government military industrial complex mm. test mm-hmm. test facility where they do all kinds of crazy. Uh, you know, nuke and all chem, bio, nasty, evil stuff goes on at uh, at Los Alamos, and I, I wonder how the air quality around that place is. If anybody's ever checked, and that's government, I bet nobody checks yeah. because it's government. I bet you're right. They're not going to enforce on themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, but you know, so it means that most pollutants, the actually do have like oil refineries. I was told in that part of the uh, the state, like a, the southern eastern part really close to texas so they do allow some um, form of drilling there so then and and this happened to be texas company what's interesting is that they had to use helicopters to actually send the infrared um um lights to detect that that uh, particular gas and that's how they that's how they caught them doing it so the thing is that so they do they so they do allow some of the drilling in that part of New Mexico, but they were doing illegally. According to this story at Yahoo News from a couple of days ago, they're paying $6.2 million in fines and for improvements to more than 200 of its facilities in New Mexico after they were found to be operating illegally. The New Mexico Environmental Department and the EPA have a settlement with Matador Production Company. They'll pay penalties and upgrade its 239 well pads to ensure compliance with the Federal Clean Air Act and state regulations. Where's that $6.9 million go? $6.2 million is going to go into the pockets of the bureaucracy. Yeah, and then, then what happens to it? Uh, I guess they're going to buy some oh. laptops and uh, leather chairs. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know. You know I get it in state rebate. I'm going to get oh, it. Oh, yeah. Sarah's going to go out to eat. Oh, Sarah, Sarah, Sarah's going to go yeah, out to good eat. good point. Uh, thanks for the call, Sarah. I appreciate it. The number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. I don't think the money crosses from the bureaucracy over into uh, the general fund, but I could be wrong about that. I don't know. I don't know how all that works. If you want to comment, though, you're welcome to join us here. The number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. So I've got a video here from uh, Peter Saint Ange, who we played a few of his videos recently. He's been following this banking situation pretty closely. Uh, he's a Mises Institute guy. Okay. Pretty well informed on this whole thing. And so we were talking about, you know, what's going on out there. And he's got the latest. Uh, this is his video from earlier today. What happens in the first stages of a dollar collapse? Because remember, we were talking about uh, these big deals that are being done between uh, French power company and the UAE and then China and Brazil that are cutting out the dollar. And they're going with the yuan, for instance. And are we going to see this spreading? And if we do, what's going to happen? Did a video warning that de-dollarization could be coming. 
Today, we got news that France cut a deal to buy 65,000 tons of natural gas from China, denominated in yuan. And just to be clear, it's a company in France. I don't think it was the French government. Right. Uh, but just, anyway. This is a big deal. Six weeks ago, it was just pariah nations like Iran or Russia trying to de-dollarize their trade. Last week, it was Brazil. Now it's France. So what happens next? What if the U.S. dollar is about to be dethroned as the world's reserve currency? De-dollarization means the foreigners don't need as many dollars. This means there are extra dollars nobody wants. This makes the price of the dollar fall. It gets weaker. That's usually slow at first, and then it picks up speed if it keeps going. A progressive rush for the exits. Note, we Americans are obligated to use the U.S. dollar thanks to an obscure law passed in 1862 as a wartime emergency that somehow managed to survive for 151 years now. Let's talk about that rush for the exits that he's talking about. The idea being that these nation states and many corporations, for instance, hold dollars because they've always been perceived as relatively stable compared to the rest of the world's currencies. But if it starts to be less stable, if the inflation rates start going into the double digits, which it almost did last year officially, it hit the 9% range. It was more like 18 19%. The reality is, yes, it was in double digits. But by the government's own numbers, they say it wasn't. But if people around the world and these companies and nation states start to see that the dollar price is declining on a more precipitous level, well, and then, of course, a bunch of other people are going to go and say, okay, we're selling now. Sell now while it's still, quote unquote, at the top, because if they think it's going to get worse and worse, they're going to be more desperate to sell. And of course, the more people that sell, the more people pile in to sell. And before you know it, you're at hyperinflation. Uh, but anyway, let's go on here with what he has to say. So Americans have no choice. Unless you have gold or Bitcoin, you go down with that ship. Now, falling dollar drives up the price of everything that comes into America, but it also drives up the price of anything traded on world markets. So that's the raw materials, the imported components that drive American factories and sustain American consumers. First to jump would be gasoline, heating fuel, food prices. All of these are world markets. They're very liquid, along with prescription drugs, since China has a creeping stranglehold thanks to our idiotic overregulation. Indeed, this is more or less true for every consumer product that China dominates, we shot ourselves in the foot. Now it's coming back to bite us. Next, those jumps in trading commodities and input prices pour out through the supply chains. They yank up prices in industry after industry. So cars, construction materials like steel or concrete, clothes, furniture, TVs, computers, medical devices. Gone are the days of affordable luxuries. Now you gotta work for it. And that's when the main event begins, capital flows. If foreigners get nervous, they sell not only dollars, they sell assets denominated in dollars, starting with the most liquid, stocks, bonds, treasuries. These are very easy to trade. IBM stock takes you about a minute to trade compared to a Taiwanese factory in Wisconsin. So the liquid assets go first. Now, about 40% of American stocks are owned by foreigners and one third of corporate bonds. I didn't know that, did you? No, I did not. That's crazy. 40% of stocks. If foreigners start fleeing, both plunge. This could cut your 401k almost in half. It could drive up borrowing costs for companies to impossible levels. That would lead to mass bankruptcies on top of the wave of bankruptcies the Fed is already engineering to try and stop the inflation it started. It doesn't stop there. One third of U.S. treasuries are owned by foreigners. That's over $8 trillion in bonds. 
If foreigners start dumping those, it will either send U.S. government debt service soaring by potentially hundreds of billions of dollars a year, that all has to be deficit funded, or much more likely, the Fed simply steps in and replaces all of that foreign demand, which would flip inflation overnight back to the march into double digits. Losing reserve currency status would savage the American economy. It would savage the American people. No country needs reserve currency status. After all, it doesn't benefit the people. But like climbing a cliffside with no gear, once you go halfway, you better not let go. All right, we'll be watching this. See you next time. His name is uh, Peter St. Ange. His Twitter profile where he's posting these things pretty much every day. How do you spell that, St. Ange? I'm about to give it to you. Prof St. Ange. P-R-O-F. S-T-O-N-G-E. And, yeah, dude sounds like he knows what he's talking about when it comes to uh, the economics behind all of this. The Austrians are never wrong. Mm -hmm. The question is when. The question is, is this the time? Are we actually seeing the beginning of de-dollarization I think we definitely are. I think we definitely are. Why now? Because um, people have been saying that forever. Yeah, but the, these are these are interesting deals that are going on, and they're starting to accelerate. You know, so I want whenever when we see Saudi Arabia starting to knock on other people's doors, that's probably not good. You see China knocking on new new markets that mm-hmm. are huge markets. That's that's not good. That's yeah, it seems like there's a more concerted effort going on now. You know, it's. I still think the Chinese are morons, and I, they're gonna screw this up because they're communists, and communism sure. can only fail. Um, oh yeah, I mean, we are talking about the world shifting from one crappy fiat currency to another yeah. crappy fiat currency. I mean, this is still a race to the bottom. It really is. It really is. That's why you know I'm such a huge fan of cryptocurrency. I know that the Bitcoin guys out there want to believe that Bitcoin's going to become the world standard. I don't think we're there yet. I think that. No. People still haven't learned their lessons about no. uh, government currency or fiat currency, and they're going to have to keep getting hit before they finally yeah. uh, make a change. Yep. I'm just as, as long as they're not on the on the side of CBDCs, that I'm I'm happy that they exist. Fine, go ahead, roll the dice on Bitcoin if you want to. I'm definitely just going to stick with my Monero and and other you know privacy coins. Yeah. Are there any other ones that you're kind of interested in? Um, are you looking at. Yeah, but I don't even know the names of them. Okay. So, like, I keep a bookmark on them and, like, go look Just at to them. see what they're doing yep. price-wise or whatever. Yeah, I go to Josh for that stuff. He's, okay. He's, he's my genius. We have our privacy coin meetup. And, uh, you know, are there cryptocurrency meetups where you live? And mm. are there mm-hmm. specialized ones where you live? Yeah, if good there's question. not, then you're probably not living in the right place. And, you know, that's another important aspect of this. I mean, we were talking about, oh, you know, get some, uh, consider getting some gold or silver, some crypto, some ammunition, things like that. In some places, you can't even legally have ammunition. I know, I know. So, like, being in the right physical place is as important, if not more important than these other things we're talking about. If you're in New York City, (laughs) you're as good as done for you, you know, know? I'm, I'm like, putting together I'm, I'm, tr- I'm trying to put together little gift packs for my guys for the wedding like the groomsmen uh-huh. and i'm like oh, i'm gonna throw you know I wanna, you know josh holmes i want to throw a, a box of 460 rowling into his uh okay. into his gift box you know is that and, ammo yeah it's okay. like it's specialized you know josh is kind of a ballistics nerd when i've never comes heard to of 460 his. so i don't know what that is yeah it's different okay. you, nobody has but josh okay. has he's an expert <laughs> at it and uh you know and stuff like that well my buddy craig come from new york city mm. 
Am I going to get him a bus ticket? <laughs> get, 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 get him a bus ticket. He just bought a house down there. Oh, too, so man. Like, in New York City? I mean, that's where he's from. You know, he, Well, in Jersey. Technically, Good he lives Lord. in New Jersey. So. I feel so bad for those guys. What can I, am I, is, am I going to put him in felony position if I send him home yeah. with a box of 223? You know? Yeah, I think you would there. So. Yeah. And you know you. <laughs> I, I'd rather they all, they, they all just lived here. You know? Yeah, well, I mean, that's it's going to become more obvious to people over time. The Free State Project is going to keep having win after win after win. I'll have a few setbacks like the Croydon thing last year. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, check out the NBC Boston documentary series. Did you watch all these yet? Uh, I've seen a whole bunch. I watched the Aria one today. It was fantastic. Yeah. Outstanding. Go to NBCBoston.com slash Free State. If you love liberty, you got to know what's going on here in New Hampshire. you got to get together in a, the same geographic area with like-minded people. And then that takes the whole crypto, gold, silver, ammo end of the dollar thing, and it takes it to a whole new level of you're going to be doing a lot better. Mm-hmm. We'll see you tomorrow night. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis, but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month, and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top, so it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today.